Yo, what is up, guys and gals? Tonight's Gravity Lab Radio is brought to you by LB Altimeters. Larson and Bruce Guard, LMB Altimeters. You've known them by many names. LB Altimeters, kind of their quicker, shorter way to say it today. Makes it a little bit less of a uh, mouthful or a hashtag. But I get a lot of questions about LB Altimeters. You know them for their customer service. You know them for their phenomenal devices. They make a lot of great visual and audible altimeters. They have been the leader in the market for years. So rather than tell you about all that silly stuff, I want to answer one of the most popular questions questions I get and what's the difference between the Optima 2 and the Quattro Audibles. People regularly ask me, DJ, they both cost the exact same thing. They're both Audibles. What's the difference? Earnestly, they're about the same device with some differences and the differences are worth noting. So what are the similarities in the device? There are free fall uh, Audibles and there are canopy Audibles. They will beep in your ear in free fall. They will beep in your under canopy. You set them in a very similar way and fashion. You set them at the same increments uh, every 10 feet. <clears throat> Excuse me. The differences now come. The Quattro is more of a free-fall-friendly audible. The Optima is a little bit more of a canopy-friendly audible. The Optima and the Quattro have three beeps in free-fall, three beeps under canopy. But the Quattro adds a fourth beep in free-fall. That fourth beep in free-fall is used a lot by wingsuiters, big-way people, anybody who just needs an extra alert, an extra guide. When you're doing big ways, you might have a break-off uh, wave where you're tracking for so long, and the Quattro includes a break-off uh, uh, a wave beep or, or, or alert. It's actually a pulsating alert that starts beeping between those two uh, alerts, the first and second, to kind of help you keep track of how long and where you've been tracking to or, or how long you've been tracking for. So Quattro, four beeps in free fall, includes a tracking guide uh, alert that increases its beep frequency. The Optima, three beeps in free fall, three beeps under canopy, but similar to the Quattro, that pulsating guide is now under canopy. The Optima has a swoop alert. A swoop guide is really what it's kind of built for at first, but it's an all-people canopy thing. And what it's meant for is it, you set the altitudes and it starts beeping. Beep. Beep, 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 a little bit faster, faster, and faster. And you set that window. And that's really for a lot of swoopers, the window of like, I need to start my turn somewhere in this window, and I got to make my decision by the time the beeps run out because we, we have a window that we're going to turn in. An ideal point absolutely is what we're going for, but man, it's a window that we have to work between. This works just as well for your average everyday standard patterns and standard approaches. If you set those beeps up, you can set them for the approach to your turn on the final. You might not be doing a high performance turn on the final. You might be trying to swoop. Either way, excuse me, you can go ahead and set that burp. That burp yeah, you can set that uh, alert up to beep and increase the frequency to help you know when you're running out of time. Optima, three beeps in free fall, three beeps under canopy, includes a swoop guide or, or a pattern alert. The Quattro, four beeps in free fall, that's one of its bonuses, and it's got the tracking guide beep in free fall. So there's your little bit of differences. Which one's better for you? Man, everybody's a little bit different. Everybody uh, wants a little bit, uh, does a little bit different thing. Some of my friends wear an Optima in one ear and a Quattro in the other ear to get the best of both worlds. Honestly, I'll tell you guys, go out, spend a little bit extra money and get the ProTrack 2. It has the best of all of the worlds. I'll share more about the ProTrack 2 on another show, but 
all the benefits of the Quattro, all the benefits of the Optima, and then combine them in a package called the ProTrack, which was uh, which has been NLB's most successful freefall computer, or uh, not their only, their, their most successful freefall computer, and the most successful freefall computer on the market. Uh, increase the power and the ability of that, and now we have the ProTrack too. So it is the all-encompassing package. To me, it is the way to go. I love my Optimas. I love my Solos. They all serve a function and a purpose, but uh, maybe that'll answer some of your questions. For now, tonight's guest. Good friend of ours snuck into town this week, Roberto Hernandez. Some of you know him as Mumphy. Mumphy, man, worked here in Spaceland for a while, has been on the show. He travels the world as an organizer, works with people like Fly for Life, does some other really super uh, cool events, works in Brazil, helped organize a Chilean head down world record, and goes anywhere and everywhere. People want to skydive with him, and people want to skydive with him all over the world. He's also competed in the Freestyle Swoop uh, Championships. Super cool story, super interesting uh, uh, takes on what he does. Muffy, super fun guy. Guys and gals, enjoy Roberto. I'm the target of a meat missile going 150 miles an hour plus. That got really <laughs> exciting all of a sudden. I'm doing canopy safety. Um, I drive like an Asian, so I don't know if it's the most appropriate thing ever. I'm killing it. Utah, give me two. You're listening to Gravity Lab Radio, hosted by DJ Marvin and Nicholas Lott. Produced by Justin Grubbs. Have we talked about skydiving the whole time? You recorded. Guys and gals, we are live. Be patient as we have a little bit of a craziness going on behind the desk. We've got a woman driver, no survivors. <laughs> Elsa Peterson, LJ, is running the boards for the first time. So if you're watching live on Facebook, good luck keeping up with this. Uh, but more importantly, Mumpy. My it's friend, on. how you we're doing, here. Mr. How? Roberto Hernandez? Hey, good. can we start talking about aliens like we were at dinner a minute ago? Okay, <laughs> I want. I'm in. Let's go. Because <laughs> we, we talk about, about skydiving a lot, right? I'm, I want to know about aliens. You think, we, you think aliens skydive? Get First a little of all, close to that microphone. Yeah, yeah. We we forgot the briefing. If we you, do this, bring the mic to your mouth. You think aliens skydive? You do. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that, I guess that depends a lot Space on night. the atmosphere of their planet, right? It's a good one. Because if it, if if our atmosphere was thinner, you know, we'd go longer skydivers. No, thinner would be faster skydivers, right? Because there's less resistance from the air. Okay. But if the air, if it, if the atmosphere was too thin, we would fall really fast, and then the parachutes wouldn't wouldn't grab enough air, right? I mean, I guess just the, the just flight would work different. For sure. I don't know. I don't think that I don't think they're skydiving. Well, there's if there are infinite planets, yeah, someone else is skydiving. Space diving. Yeah. But you think they're out there, right? They are out there. You they're really listening to it right now. They're listening to the podcast. Dude, we have a galaxy wide audience. Is that right? Galaxy? Is that how it goes? Multiverse wide. Multiverse <laughs> yeah. audience. I, I would call it multi galactical. Can we do that? Sounds like a movie that would, or a, a word that would be in your nerdy Star Wars movies, right? Intergalactic, planetary, Boom, planetary, <laughs> intergalactic. <laughs> Justin's just happy he's not having to drive. He gets to play with everybody now. Yeah. Just don't play with yourself. But really, we were talking about <laughs> this at uh, at dinner. Guys, off of both hands. Whether, whether or God, there are too many people in front of microphones. Jesus. Whether. Uh, <laughs> whether. I was asking whether or not what. Whether they exist. That was the first question. So you believe or in aliens? You, yeah, do you believe in aliens? I, I don't. I have no clue, and I'm not so naive to believe that we're the only thing that exists in this world. I don't. I believe there's other life out Galaxy. there. I don't know if they look Universe. like us. 
Dude, there could be, I'm not kidding. I really don't necessarily believe this. I'm not that far off a deep end, but legitimately there could be an alien life form in this room that we have no way of perceiving or understanding ourselves right now. How many forms of life have we've never understood? You mean like another dimension sort of thing? Not even another dimension, another spectrum. I think that's where it approaches. Like the alien scape of things, I think it's more about like dimension now beings. Your girlfriend's laughing at us, by the way. She's like, hold on. I want you to elaborate on another spectrum. What does that mean? So we can only see so many spectrums of light. Right. So, But if it's a light, a visible thing, I would surely run into the invisible alien at some point. At that point, using spectrum more of as an analogy because a spectrum of things, not Mm -hmm. just a spectrum of light. So there's different ways things exist. Some, Some people can sense different levels of gases. Some people can sense different feel the air differently we all have different senses that man i there's things out there in this world that we live in right now that we have no fucking clue and understanding of yeah there's absolutely undetectable particles particle physicists know that they exist but they're not measurable uh and you can't see them feel them they have no impact on our realm you sound like my (laughs) (laughs) ex-wife it's a real thing do you have an ex-wife no it was just a joke okay isn't that what interstellar the movie did where they had to fifth dimension they had to illustrate what that was like so people could um, like comprehend it i'll be honest i still don't really understand the end of that movie i've seen it a few times and i still don't know what they're actually getting at i've heard the title before that's about interstellar uh what's that handsome son of a bitch what's his name all right all right all right all right matthew mcconaughey McConaughey. is this the one that's like out in the middle of latin america somewhere like maybe in your backyard like no. dishes. No. Do you know what I'm talking about? The big dishes. It's around the same time, maybe. Contact. Yeah, Interstellar's newer, isn't it? Oh, Star yeah, Wars. Oh yeah, Star Wars. <laughs> now <laughs> we're talking. Yeah, no, I haven't seen it. Apparently, then no. It's no. a good. But movie. the fifth dimension, it's they great. they talk in in interstellar. That's uh, mm-hmm. the fifth dimension is what uh, gravity. No. Um, the mycelial yeah, they can, network. They can manipulate gravity. I think that's what it was. Yeah. Mycelial network. That's fung- fungus stuff. Yes. Yeah, That's yeah. the new Star Trek. Uh, Star Trek yes. Discovery. So based on that, yeah, Rogan's had a guy named Paul Stamets. He's a mycologist into I the study of mushrooms, and Paul Stamets believes in the mycelial network, this network fabric of time warp space, etc. And if you notice on that Star Trek uh, Discovery show, the doctor who's in charge of mycelial travel is actually named Stamets, and he was named after Paul Stamets because Stamets was the technical consultant for the show oh, I'm, cool. I'm a complete effing nerd um <laughs> uh, the rest of that conversation i'm a star trek nerd but i'm not a mushroom nerd yeah the guy was super done, yeah. super interesting to <laughs> listen to yeah I, uh, I bought one of his books that was incredibly boring to read because it was just it was way too science nerdy for me but hearing him talk about i think the similarities between the uh between mushrooms and humans is, is really exciting as far as like inhaling uh, oxygen and expelling carbon dioxide and uh, I think there was something about the balance of bacterial uh, makeup and, and uh, the, the bacteria inside a human, human's body and how it relates to mushrooms. So there's all these really cool, um, you could call them coincidences or you could just, just say things that we have in common, but it's pretty neat. They, made me, it made me start eating more mushrooms. Fungus. It's, it's not, not the fun ones, but it's not <laughs> something yeah. simple. Yeah. They, there have been in, and I can't even remember, I won't quote what kind of debris or space rock or whatever it was, but there's been fungi found on things from other places. It's like it is the one constant that we have found in space. And Panspermia, I think is what that's called. The, the thought of spores and things coming here from another planet. Mm. 
Uh, my little eighth grade mind just totally giggled at that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought that was a new gender. <laughs> it is. And I prefer the the, the, the they, they, them pronouns, please. Oh, my God. Uh, Do you guys watch uh, Fantastic Fungi? No. Fungi. It's a documentary. Very good. On what? It talks about fungi and i think it's the same paul paul, paul stamets i think yeah it's he's really one. made a big name for himself i uh when i was younger i got into the idea of mushrooms my buddy uh convinced me we should grow mu- we were growing shiitake and baby bellas i mean if you're gonna grow mushrooms you're gonna grow the organic eat kind right um so i really nerded out on mushrooms for like three years of my life uh learned to grow mushrooms learned about the science of mushrooms and so when paul stamets came on rogan and the rest of this stuff and and even Man, the mycelial network. I it, it is such a far fetched, weirdo idea that I have no reason to be able to say it can't be true. I, I'm not gonna sit here and say I believe in it. It's like aliens. How can they? How can something that I don't understand? It's there's gotta be something like it out there. There's no way we're the only people out there. There's no way. We're the only aliens, the only life form. They're they're doing something way cooler than skydiving. They're doing like rocket shoe flying shit. So you think like aliens are like mushroom looking? Dude, they might look like, like walking sharknadoes, man. It is weird to think about how the, life could yeah. have evolved on a, on another planet. Like let's say that uh, you know the octopus was the thing that got. I mean, they're pretty smart already. Let's say that uh, you know birds instead of mammals were the thing that that made the most leaps forward. Right. That surely that must have happened on some planet, right? Well, they wouldn't skydive. <laughs> yeah, they wouldn't have to. <laughs> I've seen Avatar. <laughs> they I would go like <laughs> scuba diving, right? <laughs> I man, I I have no clue because an alien life form could truly be a gaseous what we perceive as a gaseous cloud. A cloud of gas could be moving around until that that's, that's all we would know it as until we come to understand a different form of life. Okay, let's talk about it in terms of like modern conspiracy theories related to aliens. Like the aliens, little gray men with giant eyeballs, do they come to planet Earth? I man, I don't know. I don't think so, but I'm not gonna stand behind anything like that statement. Like the the universe is so vast. Why would they come to Earth? Or would Why wouldn't the cap- they do? We got hella parties. Or would they have the capability, Spring right? Because basically, we're limited by how far we can travel so, at this yeah, point. Capability is one yeah. thing for sure. And we were talking at, at dinner about, uh, you know, could a biological life form survive the trip? Mm-hmm. So if you think about everything that we've sent out into space, whether it's the Mars rover or whatever the old one that's like leaving the solar system, maybe they get high with oxygen. <laughs> so they come I mean, to Earth and we just well, get like, high. Like planets have rivers of liquid methane and things like that. Like you're going to tell me there's not some kind of a methane-based life form there. I feel like there's yeah, got to be I mean, something. If, if that's tiny bacteria, that's one yeah. thing. But I, I'm really interested in like I don't if if Big they find ba- bacteria on Mars, I don't give a shit. Cool. Right. Great. <laughs> call me in a million years when something cool is there. <laughs> But I, you know, I'm I'm curious about things like something that we could compare ourselves to or compare to us. Of yeah, they have this sort of technology. They communicate verbally or whatever is going to happen after that. You think they're our future selves? Maybe. Like, I mean, I'm sure that there's every if. That's if, why they're so looking at like if us, there like are arms, billions, legs, and eyes. Billions of stars in our in our galaxy, and billions of galaxies in the universe that we can see, and it's possible that the universe is bigger than we can see, and even possible that there are multiple universes. Yeah, something's fucking out there. And I bet some of them are ahead of us and some of them are behind us. 
but I think it would be crazy to think that this thing only happened here because life is pretty much everywhere you can look on Earth, right? You find some form of it somewhere. So for it to be everywhere here and nowhere else in the universe, that would be insane. But I still don't know if I believe that they come here. Like, I, I think that UFOs have to come here. But just like we send probes to other places, the, you know, there are no humans on those probes, even though it originated from human life forms. So that's what I wonder. Is it UFOs? Is it just machines from other places that might come and show up in the sky? Or are there little gray men putting things up the butts of people who live in very low-income communities in the southern United States? <laughs> do they do that? I don't know. Do they deposit panspermia when they do that? I yeah. fucking hope so. <laughs> exactly. I want sloppy panspermia seconds, too. I I firmly believe there is no life beyond the edges of this flat earth. Oh, it is flat. Yeah, <laughs> by the way. It's very flat. Hashtag build the dome. Except if you record with a GoPro. <laughs> and then it's a ball. <laughs> yeah. No, no, then it's a dot. It's the uh, GoPro. 360. That makes it look like a bowl. Yeah. So. <laughs> a little, little, little world. Yeah. We're just falling into it all. But where, how did this conversation come up? Because we were talking about aliens at dinner and I was super into it because I love talking about aliens. And Mafi and I discovered that we had a sim- similar fears as a kid. And I was so afraid of aliens when I was a kid. Scared of that. What did you think? Like what? When you think about your fear of aliens, what do you see? My like my nightmare was kind of like me watching through the window and then, you know, when you have like a shade and then something comes through the shade and then you can see part of it, you know, something's hidden on the shade and then comes up to the light and then you can see the body. And I, that was always that image of like them coming out and then actually seeing their, that same like big eyes, you know, round, like long face. But you're like seeing them through the window in this. Yeah. And I would be like, they're coming for me. Do they come inside? No, but. They were they were coming and I don't they know why it would scare me so much. I like I think of being kidnapped or so. Were you afraid of being kidnapped as a yeah, kid? I guess like by a, st- a stranger, by a freaking alien, yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> but let's say like just some random person who's out to kidnap a kid. Were you afraid of that too? Like nope. just getting classically kidnapped? Just aliens. Yes, man, that's. It's so weird. How did you perceive aliens as a kid? What would your thought? Dude, I was a huge. I had a huge fear of aliens too. When I was in kindergarten or first grade, my brother brought home a book called Little Green Men, and had a picture of an alien on the front of it, and it freaked me the fuck out. And I bet you, from the age of six to the age of twelve, I had nightmares and dreams about aliens more nights than I didn't. And then my brother. I don't know if he had if he really had these same dreams or if he was just trying to egg me on, but he would we would talk about our dreams about aliens, about getting abducted and about crazy shit. Abduction, that's a word. Yeah, my age was the same, like around six, seven to like twelve, fourteen. Mm-hmm. I actually tried to watch what's this movie? Signals? I think yeah, yeah. I was like, Dude. Yeah, I'm gonna try watching it and I'm gonna be okay. And then like the first image that they come across, I'm like Massive. Did did you see the movie Fire in the Sky? No. No. Oh, please. I wonder if we'd get pulled off the internet somehow for playing a a preview from this movie. But man, it's based on a true story. I don't remember where it took place, but this these guys that are all definitely don't share it. Real quick, uh, share a link to it, and anyone who's seen it, please chime in. And if you haven't seen it, go on YouTube and look up this preview for Fire in the Sky and imagine me watching it as a seven year old and being fucking terrified. (laughs) But it's based on a true story. These these guys, they're loggers, right? And they're out in a job, whatever. A sun goes down, and they're driving home, and they think that they see a fire in the forest, so they drive over to investigate. And the guy who's driving the car gets out. There's a, a UFO that's floating in the sky. This beam of light comes down from the UFO, sucks him up, and then it freaks everybody else out. They drive away, 
and then they all argue that they have to go back and find this guy, and he ends up missing for some amount of time. He comes back, and all these friends who say they saw this shit pass lie detector tests in the investigation about whether they saw him get sucked up by this UFO. And when I was a little kid, I thought based on a true story, when you saw that in a movie based on a true story, I thought it meant all this shit happened exactly like this. <laughs> I didn't realize that it could be very loosely based on a true story. But the, dude, there are scenes of him on this uh, UFO and it's showing the aliens and they're doing, you know, they're doing, uh, they're probing him. They're sh- sticking needles in his eyes and shit. Ugh. That messed me up as a kid and I was sure they were coming for me. But we should watch that movie together and then not sleep for a week. I will help you like aliens. I grew up with E.T. So I wanted to meet like I did I wanted to meet aliens. Like I to this day, like what do you, what do you mean? You grew up with E.T. E.T. was a movie when I was a kid, oh, right? Oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you had a little so, buddy or something. No, 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 man. DJ. Imaginary what friends. Yeah. I just I pictured the idea of meeting an alien as like this opportunity for two things that don't understand each other, like a human being and a puppy dog going like, uh <laughs> Did you see E.T., Rob? Nope. You never saw E.T.? Nope. Oh, that my God. Like I have aliens. not. <laughs> no, it terrified me. Really? Yeah, when he discovers him <laughs> in the grass at first, and he's going, doing that crazy scream. Right. Holy shit, yeah, I, I had nightmares. At first, he was yeah, like really terrifying. creepy, but then he's nice. I never so. even try watching don't anything <laughs> related to aliens whatsoever. Do you? We should, I would love to hang out and watch Fire in the Sky with so you. So you think you have had an encounter with an, any sort of uh, extraterrestrial life? You've seen anything? Do I think I've seen mm-hmm. anything? I I don't know. Anybody here? I can't, I well, can't say yes or no. did the government just like release some of their like classified documents that aren't classified anymore and they're like showing all these videos of flying objects? Yeah, I, see, UFOs. I, I saw that. Yeah, but, from but cockpits and stuff? Mm-hmm. So I, I I have never seen anything that I think is. Um, I have no problem questioning if I've seen it because I'm super open. I'm like, I don't, I've never seen it. I don't know it exists. It's like Bigfoot. I'm pretty sure Bigfoot doesn't exist. But just because I haven't seen it doesn't mean it's not uh, yeah, there. But yeah, exactly. The American Northwest has a very limited amount of space. <laughs> and the, infin- the infinite sp- spans of the universe, man, I think there's a lot more chances that there's something out there than the that Bigfoot's hiding. Oh, for sure. It's, it's not we in the We found our own planetary boundaries. Yeah. But it, it's, man, I, I, I've never seen anything that makes me believe in it. I've never seen anything that makes me go, what's that movement? But, man, I, I'm mesmerized as hell by space. I love the idea of space and, and life beyond us. Oh, we're a speck compared to it. You know, we're so insignificant. Have <laughs> you uh, seen The Pale Blue Dot by Carl Sagan? Mm-mm. It's pretty neat. Another video for you guys to look up that on YouTube. Good. Man, uh, speaking of space, we have a NASA trip that we are supposed to make at some point, and as COVID winds down, they're still trying. They we're trying. We're trying to get that. Dude, I would done. love to go to NASA. Uh, and get that as behind our, the scenes treatment. As our schedule only gets busier, <laughs> busier. Try to stay busy. Rob, have you seen anything that makes you think that you've, you've seen an yeah. alien or, or a UFO? You seen some crazy lights in the sky? No, but I think I. One time I saw something really crazy and I cannot explain what the hell it was. What'd you see? So I was like driving f- north of Chile and then I am coming from one city to my grandparents' house. So it's like an, an hour drive. And then I rerouted through like a off-road four-wheeler uh, road. And I'm like driving through this road. You cannot even like pass second year. Because you have to be so slow because it's like up and down. So it like took me like freaking six hours when it was like an hour drive. But it was a night. And then the sky was amazing. 
And as I'm driving in one moment, like it's in the middle of nowhere, like in the middle of the mountains, there's nothing for miles and miles and miles. And then as I'm driving, I see like this little like line of light, like close to the ground, maybe like if the road is right here, maybe like 30 feet apart from the road. So it, is it a vertical line? Is yes. It like it's, it's up and down? No. Like it's like across the horizon. Yes. Okay. And then it's like pitch dark outside too. So then I'm driving and I'm like trying not to look at it because I immediately think about like, man, aliens, they are there <laughs> and they're watching me. So I'm like trying just to like look front, you know, but I like still have to like kind of like look what it is. And it's this like very like, you know, like this size line of like, uh, and the light is kind of kind of like going up and down. Does you know, it look like a disc? Down. No, it's just like, a, you know, like the ones that have uh, the, the big trucks. Mm-hmm. have those lights light bars. on top yeah kind of like a light bar but it was like going up and down and it just like stick to my road and didn't even try to look at it and i just like and then i like pass that part get to my part uh, my grand my grandparents and i asked them like man i drove through this part instead of like the main road and they're like yeah that's supposed to like be a lot of like ovnis like you can see a lot of things in there blah blah and i'm like what was that so, like, I don't know, you know, it's like a freaking light in the in right next to the road. But did, did it seem to move? Nope. But no. it was like going lighter and slower, you know, and brighter and slower and brighter and slower and brighter and slower. And I'm like, just not even. What would it have taken for you to stop and pull over and investigate that light? Nothing. Like, no <laughs> way, man. No the way. Look of conviction in your face no right now. No way. I was like, trying, not even trying to look at it, you know, but I was like so intrigued by it. And I'm like, I'm just going to stick to my road. Don't even try looking at it. Don't even try to interact with it. See, me sitting here right now, safe on this couch, says, man, I totally would have stopped and checked it out. Me on the road that night? Fuck no, dude. Yeah, I, I, mean, I, w- I would have bitched out. I would have kept driving. I'm already going 75. It would take me forever to slow down and then I'd have to back up. And <laughs> if I was with uh, someone, if I was like with a friend, I bet you, I bet you would check it out. That makes a difference. Yeah. That makes yeah. a difference. Maybe you would have been encouraged to investigate. But, but yeah. no. Exactly. By myself, no, they're, they're taking me for sure. You have a buddy yes. then. Yeah. If we're getting abducted, we're both getting abducted. Yeah, recorded it. So yeah, I would think I would say that's my experience. But uh, you don't know; it's a freaking light on the right next to a road that it's not even a road, but could be somebody with a light bar on their truck with their battery dying, and they're trying to start it was their like car. right next to it, like right on the right on the ground level. Yeah, and yeah you I, could I, see anything around it. Yeah, you know, like it was like just a light there. I uh, I just. I, I every now and then you hear a story like that and I've heard them from enough credible I've heard stories like this from friends where we're just like <laughs> this guy yeah but then there's friends like you who tell me the story I'm like man you're a credible enough guy you're with <laughs> it you got your head on your shoulders I mean you tell me that story and I'm like uh, that's kind of weird and then sweating cold the what's that called the the the, the videos that they released of, from all the jet cockpits you've seen it mm-hmm. has anybody else seen these videos I've seen yeah. those yeah yeah, what the fuck is that shit? And they're talking about the, the tic tac shaped UFOs are yeah. a common thing. Yeah, yeah. And then what is that? Uh, what was that dude who has the Netflix special? And uh, Bob Lazar. We were talking about him at uh, at dinner too. Yeah, man. Like all this information. There's more out there than we understand. Whether it's the government hiding our own technology from us, or they're just aliens. That that's something is out there that we don't understand. That's for damn sure. So, what about ghosts? You believe in ghosts? Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a ghost story 
I don't think I have a ghost. What right makes now. you believe in ghosts? Because I believe in aliens, but definitely do not believe in ghosts. What is a but ghost? What, what's a ghost? Yeah. What What do you mean by ghost? Uh, I don't know. Like, like a, did somebody dead? Okay, so I would accept like okay, I was like there's this house is haunted and this little girl died there and the dolls get moved around when nobody's home. Like, does that exist? Is that a real thing? Isn't that a poltergeist? So there's different types of ghosts. Oh, here right? was, here's our ghost expert. Hit no, me with it. I just know that poltergeists are like the scary ones. I like hopefully. Oh, so there's there's a friendly ghost out there. Yeah, Casper. Yeah, Casper. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I heard of him. Yeah. So there's like different levels, you know, the ones that like really <laughs> want to fuck with you and then other ones that are just kind of like hanging out. Okay. Muffy, <laughs> what makes you believe in a ghost? What sort of ghost do you believe in? I don't think there's just a certain type of ghost. And I think actually ghosts that are actually more connected ghosts could be more connected with an extraterrestrial being because I think like we were talking about multi-dimensions kind of thing and we're only here on this like you know like where everything's matter physical and I think a ghost is just something that it's outside of our spectrum of seeing and hearing and an unknown apparition is um, Justin help me with that word and I think that's where, like, yeah, apparition. Okay, sweet. Yes, we go into more like <laughs> an energetical level See, of like beings, you know. Uh, you could almost talk me into believing some stuff like that, like that. There's, uh, you know, that we have these five senses and they pick up these these things. Yep. And that maybe uh, there are things that exist that we just don't have sense organs to perceive. We don't. Yep. And that you know, let's say someone who has passed on or died or whoever you want to talk about that thing that the energy that made them who they were might be around somewhere in a place that we can't see you could probably talk me into believing some stuff like that do you think do you think you can see these things that's a thing you can never i don't think you can see them because seeing is just with your eyes physical Mm -hmm. eyes you know so you can only see what your eyes are meant to see so what about all those youtube videos i saw of uh scary ghosts in someone's attic or in their window Fake, fake news. Yep. So do you believe in ghosts as far as dead spirits from this world? Like Nick's dead and now he's going to haunt us. Do you believe in those kind of ghosts? We're not going to kill Nick. Nick will freaking haunt us for sure. No, I'm dead. You, this is the sixth sense. You're seeing dead people right <laughs> now. It's me. You're Bruce Willis. He's been dead the whole time. Spoilers. I'm kind of creeped too. out right now. Are you guys fucking with me or not? No, it's just I've had a really hard day, man. <laughs> Don't stress me out. So, you know, like I think that goes to like uh, somebody who passed away and their energy kind of like carry on. Mm-hmm. That would be more of a, like a soul thing, isn't it? Sure. You could make me, you could make me think about that word that way. But have you soul? So this is funny. Do you have a soul? Do I? I don't know. Surely there must be something that makes like, I don't know, it, uh, depending on how closely you look, we're all kind of the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you looked at uh, at Earth from far away from space, like we're all this one thing. Yep. And if you look really closely on an atomic level, we're all kind of it all kind of runs together, right? Yep. But there is something that makes you you, and something that makes me me. That I'm not like, in the sense of right now we're separate, right? You're over there, I'm over here. You're having your thoughts, I'm having my thoughts. So whatever makes me go, whatever gives me this energy, that whatever is missing. When I'm no longer me, when now I'm just a body. Like, think about if you've seen someone that you know as a living person and as a dead person, there's something that's missing from them. And I don't know what you call that thing, but you could you could use the word soul, and I would I would say that's acceptable. I think you described it very good. Well, 
We're all going to be dead people someday. It freaks me out. We're just going to be empty vessels. I, b- I absolutely believe we have souls, but... Mm-hmm. So where, do you, where do, you, do you think your soul goes a place? What do you think is th- there is after this? I, mean, I We've talked about it on the show. I'm a Christian. So for me, it's a very easy answer of heaven and hell, but I also don't, if you know me well, describe myself as a traditional Christian because I don't believe my definition of God is the end-all, be-all definition of God. I believe God manifests him or her or itself in his own way to each and every person. So I firmly believe that there are people who believe in this great golden eagle in the sky, Buddha, Allah, Mohammed, whoever they believe in, that we could all have that ultimate same belief. Um, and and so as a traditional Christian goes, my definition of God is is very similar to a traditional Christian, but I think what I would call a traditional Christian is also closed-minded to to what we've been given, and that's just our own interpretation of a higher being. So you're saying that you believe in an afterlife of some sort. Mm-hmm. And you are saying that you think that depending on what you believe, that might give you a different pathway into into this afterlife. You kind of choose your path in life, yeah. Okay, let's say let's say a five year old child dies of whatever, make up whatever terrible thing you want to think of, peanut allergy, whatever it is, and they're not old enough to have formulated these thoughts about what they think happens when they die. What happens to that guy? You really can't pay the price if you don't understand the consequences. It's like uh, I'm not going to lock a five-year-old up in jail for doing the same thing I might lock you up in jail for. So you hold somebody accountable to their understandings. A great, a great example is I have friends who have mental, uh, different mental capacities and different mental abilities, and you hold them to different levels of accountability uh, just because that is what their capacity is. And I think that's very fair treatment to humans. Um, I don't also believe we should play victim and, and, and act dumb. Like it, you should be judged purely based off of your true ability. Because a lot of people, we get away with, should get away with a lot more shit just because we act dumb. Not as dumb as we act. Reincarnation. Well, yeah, is that what you think? Like, what do you think happens I think after reinc- all this? Reincarnation is a thing for sure. Like, you, we just carry on kind of thing as okay. a soul. So I want to branch this off into a more interesting question because you, you, we agree that you believe in aliens, right? Yep. So this reincarnation, do I only come back on Earth or do I come back at some other planet and some other place in the universe? I think that's possible, yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so too. And I think so too, <laughs> maybe. I'm not ruling it out. So when I, I hear someone talking about, like, like I would say someone is an insane person when they say, oh, I've had, I've lived... Uh, 12 different lives and in one life I was a painter in Paris and blah 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 it's like no the f- that's n- can't <laughs> that's insane if you think that you are connected with a person you were in a past life and you think that all of that is connected on this this tiny little planet of earth and the vast expanse of the universe I think that's insane if you believe that but I think that you know energetically that uh if if there are more uh life forms or other intelligent life or other life in the universe, which I think most of us would probably agree that there are, and that you, when you die, your energy goes back into that pool, I just don't think you'd come back on Earth, right? I don't have a lot of hopes for coming back as a butterfly. I think attachments, it's where you will actually come back to Earth kind of thing. If you're really attached to things, if you're very attached. But what else? Magnetic attraction. It just, yeah, you're naturally going to go where you want to be sometimes. Yeah, so yeah, you let things like, you know, here that you care, you worry about and you cared and, and you're attached to, you know. So you're, you're 
mental self kind of thing. It's attached to something physical. So do you think that when you die, that your memories from this life carry into what happens next? Oof. I do not know, but I, I do. Think this is this is going I too do believe that too far. You go on the, to that pool you said, so yep. you go into a pool of mm -hmm. a different dimension, and then you, or I just the collective pool. Yeah, I don't know what you do there, and then you either decide to come back consciously or unconsciously. I don't know about that, mm -hmm. but and then you just press restart, not a hundred percent restart, but you just like start all over again as another life. So do you think that wherever you were before you were here, before you were conscious as Momfi, as, as Rob Hernandez, yep. do you think that you chose to, to be here? Yeah, I think so, yeah. I think it's like uh, our consciousness is actually higher after we die. And then we are capable of actually maybe choose, yeah. I agree. I like think a like, a uh, like there's, there's something more to the physical level of being, right? There's so much energy around us and everything we interact with and us ourselves i mean when you look look at us at an atomical level you know we're a trillionth of a percent just dead space why are we physical things why are there physical things because there's energy but that we can't perceive or comprehend it's dead space because we cannot measure it and i right. think that's what like the whole world goes on to like if we you can measure it somehow it's it's something it's it's something you can measure it's something you can touch you can perceive you can and that's how the go world goes. Like our world goes, like in measurements. If you can measure it, exist. If you die, if you cannot measure it, it does not exist. And the last two hundred years, we have been able to measure so many more things than before. And those are things that didn't exist and they exist now. We just can measure them. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think it's it's kind of naive to think that that energy doesn't go on somewhere somehow. In some plane of existence, I, I I shake my head because back to I'm that non-traditional Christian. How, where, from ash to ash, dust to dust, uh, a traditional Christian things like that means we're no more. No, that might just mean the transference of energy. Mm -hmm. Because I really, even in, in my in my Christian thought process, have to immediately wonder and question. And in, in like what you're saying is absolutely potentially true. And I've thought these things my entire life, like. Dude, I could come back as a cow. I could come back as Betty Boop, or I could come back as Fred Flintstone on the third dimension of fourth plane of existence in Asgard. <laughs> I just want to be an Asgardian because I want to say I'm an you Asgardian. Can, you can protect mine anytime you'd like. Man, I am an Asgardian. <laughs> yeah, Brian Harper earlier said DJ wanted to meet the Orion slave girl. Actually, I got that. His name is Brigan, first uh, of all. Yeah, that, don't even pay attention to that. So Nick's going to get mad because that's a gamer nerd right there. Oh, oh that's so fine. Just yeah, don't, fine. As long as it, we don't get into super crazy. It's so funny. I'm so bored by gamer conversation, <laughs> but I'm sure that there are people listening to this. What's a gamer conversation? Like, um, oh, talking about video games. Okay. Let's talk about Call but, of Duty. But there might be people hours. listening to no this. No yeah. <laughs> people are listening right now. I'll be like, when are these fucking idiots going to start talking about skydiving so I can listen to something <laughs> yeah. that interests me? Although Trey was like, I love the rabbit hole this combo has gone down. So. I, I, I love it too. <laughs> we get so much actually good feedback at things that people listen to. It's it's really cool because I've heard from a lot of listeners who don't agree with necessarily the things we say, but I'm really going to transition this conversation to someplace I didn't think I would go today. But the thing that's always happened in this room is no matter how much we agree or disagree, there's always that level of respect. And that's why I hang out with the people I hang out with. I don't have to agree with you wholeheartedly. I don't have to believe in what you believe in. 
to still respect you. And man, I, I, that's the thing I like about this show is we can get in these conversations, talk about the most asinine things, and nobody, I think, ever leaves this room with their feelings hurt except for Nick. Cause I'm offended. <laughs> I'm offended. No, I'm offended that I, Rob believes in ghosts. You're offended because I'm in your heart. You don't believe in ghosts. Right here. I don't know. I don't know what <laughs> I believe. Just, I, I, thought you were gonna, <laughs> I thought you were going to tickle me. And I, I jumped instinctively. Uh, your shirt, it, say, it says you Oh, are. there is a heart on my shirt. Yeah, there's It says shirt. you are here in it. Mm. It you does. Not, yeah. <laughs> well, my girlfriend bought me the shirt from a yoga studio called the Atrium. It's really nice. You should go there. Oh, man. Um, man, I, I really do. Right now, I'm, I'm so, I love Houston uh, right now. I, I kind of want to brag on the city I live in because George Floyd and all this stuff that's been going on, I'm not going to get into all the politics of it all. I'm going to get into the Houston strong side of this. You hear about all these riots and all these problems going on in different cities. And over the years, Justin and I talked earlier when the Astros won the World Series, when we had Hurricane Harvey, when we had Katrina, when we had any, not Katrina, um, um, uh, Ike, any of these catastrophes that we have that you see looting and rioting in major cities, uh, you, you never see looting and rioting here in Houston when you would see it in another city. And the George, George Floyd was just buried today about half a mile from my house. I don't know if you realize all the roads were closed coming in. Justin barely made it in. Yeah, uh, I actually yeah. saw the, the carriage getting wheeled out on a trailer yeah. when I was driving in. So our whole, we, we've seen uh, cars parking down the roads in our neighborhood. And just to see the way that Houstonians... And the Pearland Police Department escorted, not Pearland, the Houston Police Department escorted his body at the request of the family. The sense of community and respect that Houstonians have always held, and I'm so proud. Um, if you know me, I don't want to live in Houston because I don't like the geography, but I've always loved the people and the economy. And just a huge shout out, man, to the people of this community, to how respectful everybody's been even though they haven't believed each other, man, or, or agreed with each other. So whatever your side you're taking, still love each other, still respect each other, still appreciate each other. And, and I just, there's my soapbox for the night. Do you, you think that uh, sort of like more community um, behavior of uh, Houston, it's because all of these like also natural disasters, like a hurricane coming in? Because that that has to make you like come together in a way after a disaster like that, isn't it? I, you, you say that, but so many other cities deal with the same kind of hurricane and disasters, but yet still see looting and rioting all the time. I, I really... I'm yeah, look at Katrina, for example. There's a lot of looting and rioting. Yeah, anytime anything goes down in, in Nolens, that you're going to have something crazy go on. And I mean, I think you two are Houstonians for life, right, Bob, Elsa? Uh, yes. Yeah. So sorry, well, Conroe. Con yeah. Conroe. Um, <laughs> Conroe. What is it about Houstonians? What is it about this community that that always has been this way? Matrix Matt. I mean, he's an excellent role model. That's for sure. That, oh, that guy is impeccable uh, character. JJ Watts, another good one. He's a pretty well known uh, well known fellow that does good stuff for the city. Yeah, man. We have a lot of humanitarians, um, a lot of philanthropists, and I, I don't know what it is, man. Beyonce's from here. You think it's because uh, <laughs> because we are actually here in Houston, so you can see Houston with your own eyes, but the other cities you're actually just watching it through the news. And I and lived through the L.A. riots in the 90s. Um, I lived in Southern California. I went through a lot of that. I've been in other cities when all of these have gone down, so I understand what you're saying, 
but uh, geographically I've lived all over in the United States and and I really do feel Houston is the most unique big city uh next to San Diego. San Diego's vibe is is a whole another story. But uh for sure fourth largest city in America in the next so many years will overtake Chicago in size the trends going that way. We're super huge and yet you still kind of get that home hospitality tight attitude it, it, it's houstonians are really just good people man i have heard that from friends or family who have um who've visited that they um they just yeah have that feeling of just like a really comfortable well i totally feel like that this yeah. is the first time i place this is the first place i came to like do a lot of skydiving and definitely welcoming Man, I showed up to Spaceland. We we all showed up to Spaceland as skydivers, at least the three of us here. Um, and whenever you go to a new drop zone, traveling there to help, there to do anything, you you almost always get a little sized up. Like, who's the new guy? What's going on? And everybody, you know, they welcome you over time, but th- there's always that 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 moment of kind of like sniffing a dog sniffing each other's butts. Like, what are you doing here? What are you doing here? And I showed up here for the first time. Uh, granted, Stephen Boyd had met me earlier that summer. He was jumping at my drop zone training, so we got to spend time, him and Trent. Um, but as soon as I showed up, people I had no clue of, hey, man, are you the new guy, DJ? Hey, man, are you the new guy, DJ? Hey, welcome. It's so good to have you on board. It's so good to have you on the team. And it's I, it's something that I noticed the majority of the time. Not Not everybody can do it. Not everybody has the time. But for the most part, every single person who comes to our team, who comes to our staff, who comes here to organize and just work with our fun jumpers and run camps, they always feel so welcomed by the team and, and the family that Spaceland. And and I think it's as much as I would love to give the boys credit, and, and I will give them credit as much as I want to give Spaceland community credit. I think it's just partially this region, man. Houstonians. Uh, Steve is from this area, East Texas. So maybe there's some uh, energetic coral field around Houston. That, that good old southern it. hospitality, y'all. Man, it's that catfish and jambalaya, son. I tell you what right now. Man, there was a lady named Georgia. She had a trailer uh, sitting next to the drop. I thought you were going to start a, start a poem just now. No, no. <laughs> Once was a lady named Georgia. <laughs> Georgia. I didn't know what you were going to rhyme with Georgia, but I was excited. So you know the uh, feed store that sits on the corner at 1462 and 521? Yeah. Yeah. The... The, the feed one, store. The yes. Thing of the antique shop. The, the antique shop, yes. Yeah. It's a feed store in my brain because it used to be a feed store. Okay. Um, they've done more of one than the other. Behind it, there's an empty lot with a rundown trailer that is between us and the RV park. I know the trailer. Yeah. That used to be a more uh, mowed down field than there was a couple of trailers there. A taco truck lady who was not Gwen, somebody else, <laughs> and Georgia who had soul food. And man, you would go to that. That's where we ate lunch every day, all the time. And Georgia, she had the best what year is soul this? food 2005 through 2008 ish is i think when she shut down and and really what happened was uh the state of texas said to be a mobile food truck you actually have to be able to move <laughs> so putting a trailer there that never moves doesn't count so you actually have to move it regularly so it ran her out of business fucking kill it dude oh my god i miss her food what uh, you've been gone from Houston for how many years now, Rob? Last time I was here was uh, 2018 September. When, when was the last time you were working here and living here? What years were those? Because uh, you lived here in 2015, is that right? I spent just like five months. Gosh, I feel like you. Maybe it's just that you've been here so much that I feel like you were here for a long time. 
I was here for like three seasons. Yeah. And what years were those? 14, 15, 16. Okay. So is there anything that you notice you've uh, missed since leaving this place? You. Oh, well, that's obvious. We, we tried to go on a skydive. Well, Rob's a far better flyer than me now, but he did uh, give me a good bear hug as we were leaving the airplane the other day. The whole place is like, like the hospitality DJ was just talking about and how Spaceland runs. That you don't really find that anywhere else, too. And we have the shittiest manager on the. You do now. Had a really good one for a while. Yeah, the new one. The old ones were great. It's the most recent one. Agreed. Nick. (coughs) Yeah, we all know. It's fine. Crap. He's trying, though. He's trying. We got to give him credit. You're doing a great job. Anyways, move on. Thank you. The hospitality. So, yeah, like how the plane runs until Nick started running. (laughs) Hey, those planes (laughs) have been flying a lot, all right? Actually, this weekend was. I haven't seen one. A single issue with a single airplane since I've started. Because they are in single engine. No, I think the biggest, uh, you know, the one of the big benefits of the whole COVID shutdown is all the planes got every bit of maintenance and attention that they could possibly need. I was afraid of flying after the COVID. I'm like, planes are made to fly. I'm going to get on a plane that hasn't flown in how long? <laughs> but not skydiving, was commercially wise. Where did you, uh, where were you before you came Chile. here? Chile. Oh, you flew here from Chile? Mm-hmm. Chi, chi, chi. Mulele. <laughs> Viva Chile! So yeah, to Miami, <laughs> Miami, Miami, Dallas, Dallas, Houston. What uh, what was that travel experience like? Normal. Nope, oh, normal. Yeah. Like capacity of the airplanes. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Lots of people wearing a mask. Lots of people wearing masks and no food. Oh yeah, there's no service, right? People yep. aren't coming down the aisle. So they're charging you the same. They're not giving you food. I mean, the food <laughs> they're giving you, they weren't really paying much for in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> That 50 cents worth of crackers is really... But you can still get food soda. inside the airport and take yes. it on the plane with you. I mean, in in the U.S., yes. In Chile, you were... Everything was closed. Every, all the stores and stuff in the airport were all closed? Yeah. How's Chile doing with COVID? A lot we're, of going in, we're going into winter right now, so it's not really good. It's already like flu season by, you know, by yeah, yeah. itself. So add all this going on, so... Yeah, not 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 really good. And I've I've seen and heard a lot of Latin America is struggling, and and I never really thought too hard about it, just because I know the numbers are, are starting to spike. And part of me just assumes, well, it's just traveling around the globe, and it finally got to you guys. But it is winter and flu season. That makes a lot more sense. Yep, but that's what it for me. It's like what what does not make sense is like all those hospitals that get like packed of people in flu season it, it normally happens in a country like Chile you have like a couple of hospitals in 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 the city that always get packed they're always like children's and people on the hallways like being taken care of because they don't have capacity so now what's happening is pretty much the same as every other flu season from my perspective and the higher hospitals that they're expensive and stuff those aren't full because people are not able to afford that kind of treatment. So it's pretty much the same thing as every year. You just see it on yeah. the news. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just we had to learn how to understand it and respect it. And I think the slowdown was just for us to educate ourselves. And and I think now as things go on, we'll be able to deal with it much better. It's going to, like you said, be the same. It'll move forward. We'll be all right. Why do you think this is happening, Rob? It's the boomer killer. I just want to get into more conspiracy <laughs> theory shit. So have you heard this? It is the boomer killer, and it is not What's any... It's a boomer killer. It Baby kills boomers. old people. 
because it's definitely not a boomer killer. So it's killing old people more than it's killing anything old, else. Old people. Old people. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's killing old people because it is life's like way of saying, like, as as a hum, as humanity, society, we've learned to allow ourselves to live longer, partially through healthcare, partially through just living better. And maybe our bodies and our life and our world are saying, you're not meant to live this long. We're going to start putting a natural cap on you by killing all your old people with this new disease. Isn't that kind of what every disease does? I mean, just thinking about any population of any animal on the planet, when there are too many of them, disease usually comes in and balances things out, right? But I think because we have healthcare and because we have hand sanitizer and the internet and we all know about things instantly and we all have the ability to, to keep ourselves clean and we have doctors and medicine, antibiotics and vaccines and everything else, I think we're just outsmarting nature in its attempts to murder us. Yeah, absolutely. Believe exactly. That. <laughs> but, <laughs> I don't know. That, he's dude, trying that to balance, dude that ate balance the bat it out. did not outsmart nature. Man, do you really, <laughs> do you really think that that's how it started? No. I don't fucking believe that at all. It was definitely in a laboratory. When, when you have that, <laughs> when you out, have that yeah. explanation within like a few weeks of the story being known at all, no, someone fucking made that yeah. up. They traced it all the way back to one dude eating <laughs> one bat in a wet market in China. Fuck you, dude. Someone made that up for sure. It's someone that just watched the movie Outbreak. Like, <laughs> we can't make it a monkey. That's too obvious. Let's make it a bat. Maybe they were under pressure. They needed an answer. Yeah, I'm sure they did. Exactly. I'm you sure gotta, that's like, what happens in a communist country. You got to have... You're in front of the camera and a bat just fly out. And then it's like, yo, a bat. Bat. It was <laughs> <No>. bat. <laughs> I think it's just a... Dis- so COVID's been around for a long time. Um, just this Coronavirus. Coronavirus, yeah. Sorry. Coronavirus been around, around a long time. COVID-19 is the current version of it, right? And all life evolves. We want to survive. It is our instinct. Living things want to survive. And we have found ways, you said, to kill these viruses off. And this virus just wants to survive. It's just like, yo, yo, leave me alone, bro. I'm just trying to do my thing over here. So I'm going to create this defense mechanism, which is actually worse for us now. I really just think That's it's not a bat, not a, what did you call a laboratory? I know you're joking. It's just the evolution of this world. That's what it doesn't make sense to me. Like, you if somebody like comes up to kill us, like how don't we have the, like that's basically our immune system that should be able to like do that job. But I think by all these like antibiotics and medicines and drugs, you know, that we're actually not letting our body do the work and depending on something else besides our own system. Yeah, exactly. With all those. I think that's when it like, yeah, it's going to like destroy itself. Like, Nature is going to destroy ourselves. We're weakening our immune system, essentially, right? That's what it does. make sense. Like people on the people on the like the institutes, they're telling you what to do to prevent this to like be worse. They always talk about something extra. You need to get more sanitizer. You need to clean more. Why is nobody talking about how to actually boost your immune system the best way possible? Like we have the technology to know that today. Why people doesn't talk about it? What What do you think those mm. things are? How to how How do we boost our immune system? What do you What do you think uh, someone food. should be doing I mean to take food, care of themselves? Food is a basic boosting mechanism of ourselves. Like if we weren't for food, we wouldn't even here be here. So you mean I should drink Coca Cola and mm. eat more French fries? Mm-hmm. Well, and, diet. Uh, diet Coke. Y- you mean we should go <laughs> on a trip of going to two pizza joints and two dessert God, places that was sometime the best, soon. That's a really good idea. Uh, we're actually really close to the due date for the next trip. 
Is there going to be anywhere that's open? Are uh, just going to order pizza to go and eat it in the park? I'll do that shit. No, but we uh, we, we can start thinking ahead. We uh, w- What did we do that day? We, ate, we went and ate a lot of food in one day. Like, we didn't stop. We went place to place. What, what was the Stuff Your Face Festival, right? Is yeah. That what it was Stuff what Your was? Face. We Bernie's ate Burger Bus. Now out of business. Did you know that? They went under for the whole after the whole COVID thing. Out of business. Dude, One that of my favorite place. Places. Legit did you, as fuck, did right? you see the like <laughs> crushed? You'll never have another one of those burgers ever again. Sad, right? Houstonians are great people. We will come together, we will unite, and we will bring back Bernie's burger bus. Yeah, I, <laughs> I hope that's true, but I fear that it's not. But uh yeah, we did this burger joint and then Smush is this crazy um ice cream sandwich place. And then what was after that? What was Dude, this second? Take a just Mac fresh baked cookie. A scoop, a big scoop of good ice cream and another fresh baked cookie and then make a... <laughs> He's so <man>. excited. <laughs> and then what did we do after that? Uh, what was between Smush and Just Mac? Uh, did we do something between those No, two? it was Just Mac and then it was Voodoo Donuts. And then Tatsuya and then Ramen. Tatsuya Ramen. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> this is all like just one after the other. There was no... Yeah. There were no breaks. And they're like miles apart. So it wasn't like we're going to take a 30-minute car drive. We're like, we're going to take a five-minute car drive and yeah. go do this again. I, I haven't tapped out due to food in quite a long time. And, man, I was feeling like shit. What's uh, how, how does it feel afterwards? It was not What's good. the interesting part? It was not cool. I, Metabolism. I, I wasn't bad, but I went in with a mindset. And I th- Nick did, too. I think we didn't feel as bad as any of us wanted to because the first meal, I went big. I'm like, let's <laughs> go. The first dessert, I did medium. I didn't go too crazy. Just Mac, I went medium and actually stuffed a salad in my face was the biggest thing I ate there just to get some roughage in me. Um, Voodoo Donuts, I actually just had a cup of coffee. I skipped the dessert there because a lot of sugar. I had two very large heavy donuts. Um, I did have like probably close to half a donut because I tried a bite of his, a bite of hers, a bite of it, right? And then the ramen shop, I, I went at it. And just when I got to a point, I'm like, I've enjoyed today. I'm going to stop, and I probably ate like maybe a third of my ramen. Dude, I really think you need to give that ramen joint another shot. Oh, for sure, because it's one of my favorite places. And that day, I did it was not good to me because no. my mouth and stomach were really done having food. Put so in them. my, I don't actually. I've never taken you to my favorite ramen joint in Houston, but one of my favorites is a chain, and just because it's consistently the same good thing every time. And Nick says this other place is better, and I still believe you that it's potentially better. What's your place, Jinya? Jinya. Um, dude, uh, Ninja Ramen. I don't know if they're still around. It's super good. It's it is it is the more uh, it is, is that one right on Washington Street in Houston? I think so. A little corner hole in the wall. Yeah. Only open at yeah, nighttime. Yeah. yeah, dude, they make their noodles fresh in house, right in the back. Yep. Place is kind of like a shithole with by the front looks up from outside. Yep, exactly yeah. right. Yeah, I do love that place. Um, much more authentic. Much more what I would think of if my mother took me to eat ramen growing up. Um, but when we went to Tatsuya, man, I. I had all the ramen. I had all the food in the world, so nothing. It it didn't taste bad, but it was like, ugh, I'm eating more food. Yeah, it wasn't wasn't awesome. So uh, how was the poop afterwards? Liquid, solid, normal, fine. Yeah, it was normal. Dude, I actually was ready to eat that night at like eight o'clock. We 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 ate from like what one o'clock till whenever we got done five ish. Yeah, five thirty. And at eight o'clock, I was like, man, I'll fuck a dessert. I'm hungry because I stopped on time. Um, but Katie Van Lowe, that's who it was. And I have both agreed that we want to go back there as just a place to eat. Yep. It's a good idea. So, uh, going to grab her, Alex, whoever else, get a small group together. I'll let you know. I'm not, I don't think that, well, I'm pretty positive they're not open for dine-in because we got takeout from there like a week ago and it was great. 
Ramen? So, yeah. So nah. so we're talking about junk food. We started this conversation because we were talking about good food. So what what do you uh, view as healthy food, healthy eating? What does that look like to you? McDonald's. <laughs> Shut the fuck <laughs> up. I, I was going to say McDonald's. <laughs> How does like good food I, I, this, it looks to me? Yeah, when you think about eating healthy, what's a healthy plate of food look like? That's your home, house, cooking your own food and know where the veggies come from or the meat. If you want to do, like the less processed, the more healthier. If you go grocery and shopping, what do you buy? Lots of veggies. Okay. All lots of veggies. The ugliest ones. Oh, dude! It's. Have you ever had an ugly fruit? Not a mango. Mango. No, no. There's a fruit the called the ugly one, and I can't. I don't know what's called it. the ugly I've fruit. I've had one of those. Same. Thank you. I'm not crazy, right? The what? what? The it's called ugly fruit. fruit. No, would uh, bring up a picture of ugly fruit okay. for me, please. Um, I thought you were talking about the imperfect produce. It has to be ugly. No, it's called ugly fruit. Um, it really is a fruit. It's actually, um, Justin, I'm not crazy here, right? Well, I no. am. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other story. Are you getting? Oh, yes. But it's spelled U G L I. U G L I. You ain't got, got no alibi. You're ugly. Gross. Crap. It looks like like a wilted. Um, it's actually very hard. Like lemon. It's kind of. It's actually. It's more like a shelly. Yeah. Hard. Hard thing. So. Um, not processed. That's how it looks to me. Healthier. Yeah, I think like uh, meat, veggies, eggs, things that don't look vastly different than when they either came out of the ground or came off of an animal. In America, it really has turned into grocery shopping only on the outside of the store. Basically, anything on the Did aisles is going to really be where a lot of your process. But I like comes from. hamburger helper. And spaghetti. And SpaghettiOs. What's that? You don't know what SpaghettiOs are? A can of trash. They have lots of sugar in them. Perfect. <laughs> they taste horrible. I have absolutely no respect for you as a human being anymore. That's. I don't think you had much to lose. Perfect. Perfect. For being Perfect. honest. Had none in the first place. But uh, no, processed <laughs> food I think is pretty obvious. You had the more ingredients you have, the, the, <laughs> the your ability to pronounce the words declines, then it's probably not good to be going in your mouth, right? Exactly. And uh, I mean, if you eat one of those every now and then, it's no problem. If you exercise and fast, maybe every, every now and then. I agree with all that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree with the boosting the immune system. Like, why isn't that out there? But because that doesn't make money. Drugs make money. Yep. Yeah, that vaccine sure will make a lot of money when every person, every terrified motherfucker it. in the world wants it. It comes with a cheap. My favorite thing with about that. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite thing about the damn Corona vaccine is every single mother out there who has been yelling you should vaccinate your babies are the same women who are yelling I will not take the corona vaccine it's it's pay attention the the, the hypocrisy of the coronavirus crowd mm. is entertaining i mean i do think anti-vaxxers are <laughs> to me it seems like a crowd i'd be in with but if you that <laughs> it require like just based on yeah i'm a hippie sort of person that's into like sticking it to the man and conspiracy theories and whatever else. But it's like, man, there's so much science behind uh, vaccines and the, the diseases that we've almost lost through the years thanks to vaccines. But uh, that doesn't mean that I'm going to be first in line for the coronavirus vaccine at all. I don't take, I don't get a flu shot, but it just, it's back to watch the people on Facebook or whatever who make fun of anti-vaxxers and they're the ones who are saying I'm anti the corona vaccine and it, it's just ironic. Do, do you know what they're saying about why why they have this position? 
I don't read it because usually it's the same people who are just got their biases and their own soapboxes and what they're preaching and spewing is just rhetoric. God, I have uh, if I didn't have a reason like communicating with work or uh, you know other social media stuff to to be on Facebook, I don't think I would do it. Like I am, so, I've come so close <laughs> to deleting my Facebook. Sure. Yeah, it's yeah. crazy. So close. It's crazy the shit that it's like. Hey, just because Facebook gives you the ability to voice your opinion doesn't mean you should. Right. How crazy it is when you're like actually talking about something like a beer or something, and then you're just scrolling down through Instagram and it pops that up. Yeah, yeah. It's right there. The ads. Yeah, yes. they're listening. They're listening dude. They always. are there. Yeah, you think "Hey Siri" is the only word that your phone hears? That's some. Right. Um, some alien technology right there. I believe it. They're here. <laughs> Ask Wobbles are. Man, I there there's way too big of a world out there for us to have any clue and understanding. I mean, every regularly, not every day, but regularly we're finding new life in the sea. Things we had no clue existed because we can't understand those depths until now. If we can't even understand our, our planet, how the hell do we think we even have a grasp? on what's going on out there. And if we do have one hope for the future, I firmly believe it is Steve Carell in Space Force. Have you yes, seen Yes, I love that movie. It's come out, isn't it? It's Netflix TV series. Is it good? It's so good. It's a TV uh, yeah, yeah. It's, well, a Netflix series, but yeah, 10 episodes out so far. It's, dude, Steve Carell, and uh, what I love him, dude. What's the crazy dude's name who his right-hand uh, man? John Malkovich. John Malkovich. Uh, they're t- they're two, the two leads in it, and it's... I've enjoyed the crap out of it, man. I'd, I'd watch it. I found the intro the best part because it sounds so ridiculous, but it's mostly all true. Yeah. <laughs> it's just crazy. You got to watch it, man. Enough of Space Force, enough of conspiracy theories. What the hell are you doing in town, man? Passing through? I am passing through. I came to Chile, to Chile from Chile to Houston to basically see my girlfriend. Oh, look at her. She got a little smirk and smile over there. It's been really neat because when I first met you as a skydiver, you were still cutting your chops as an organizer. You were still trying to get your things put together. You were doing the job, but you were still developing kind of a career doing it. And over the years I've watched you, dude, you just keep doing more and more and bigger and greater things. And it's been super cool because you've worked with the Fly for Life boys. You just did the, uh, what's that uh, Brazilian boogie, the Eternal boogie. Mm-hmm. Um, did Chilean Head Down Record. You helped organize that not too long ago. You did the Swoop Freestyle event out in um, Saudi Arabia. Dude, you've been all over. Beats of everything, yep. Dude, what what's it been like, man? How's life treating you? Good. I am very happy. It's sort of like exhausting to be traveling all the time for sure. And you always like... Kind of like always means what you don't have. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's nature mm-hmm. for human beings. Uh, but I am super grateful for everything. Think it, everything, man, I don't know. Everything comes together like by itself, you know, like I don't, I don't really know how to put it. So out of the stuff that DJ just listed off, do you have any highlights over your travels for, for the last few years? Like what, what, what was the most highlights. fun you were having in any of these places, any of these events, any of these competitions? Saudi was not much fun to see. It's very Muslim, very strict. You had to follow their, their culture. Yes. So it's very hard for us Westerns, for sure. So what when... Like thinking of following their culture, like what did you have to do different while you were there? Wear pants when it's 45 degrees. 
What's that in American? 45 degrees is like 115. That's insane. Maybe around there. And, yep. So it, it doesn't make sense. Why do you have to wear pants? Do you have to wear long sleeves? Like, is there other other stuff? No, not long sleeves, but Just pants. pants. Yeah. No legs allowed. Nope. That's I crazy no rule to have. I had no clue that was a Muslim thing. I didn't know they weren't allowed to. I mean, I don't know. If it's Muslim, Muslim, or, but or Saudi yeah. Arabia. I had no clue that was anything in that area of culture. That's, I mean, I, I uh, actually wear pants. You'll see in the summer a lot when I'm canopy coaching out in that hot field because you do have shade on your legs, and if you're using the right material, it is more comfortable. Um, also because of the mosquitoes in our field. That's why I really wear pants. But what else was different for the culture there? Was there like a curfew, a time limit, things you could and couldn't do? No, it's it's more rigid for female than male, definitely. Females are don't are not as free as as we're used to see them here for sure. Were there any female skydivers that yes, were wearing one. full? Ooh, no, no, there were Western female but competitors. But did they have to? to yeah, yeah, follow the same mm-hmm. uh, patterns and rules. So, Dang. yeah, so just but overall less rights for women. Yep. So it's not all bad then. Man, I Elsa, I'm kidding. I'm just trying, I was trying to get to that you reaction. You asked me on this show. I didn't. We did it. We did it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just fucking with you. That was well done, sir. But uh, <laughs> well done. No, that's that's really weird. Did it feel like you're kind of like back in time? Did it feel like uh, like how do you describe the feeling of being there? Like in another world. It's a whole different world. What did you enjoy about it? Was the food good? Was uh, no, we were very we just came in, jump. Uh, we weren't allowed to like move uh, anywhere from there because we had to follow the the timelines of being there, briefing. No fun allowed. What mm. about the people? Were any of the people nice outside of the skydiving world? Because skydivers are nice. I mean, after you land, yeah, everybody's cheering for you. Have you done any of the other swoop style, the, the, that series, that event? Yeah, I did Copenhagen, San Diego, and Saudi. So I want to kind of use that as a, a platform of, of comparing the three. And I think the Saudi one was the only one that was broadcast on the Olympic Network. Yep. Uh, is that why some of the structure you had was there? Or is it just purely structure because they all had the similar structure of timing and in, in no, they all they all do. Okay, they all do have uh, pretty pretty similar, yeah. but I guess in in Saudi we're just you know completely not tourists, but like the foreigners coming into their culture and everything. So you guys were pretty isolated. You guys were to yourself. Yeah, I I the thing I found the most interesting about the Saudi one was that Olympic uh, network that they actually aired it. Um, do you know what I'm talking about? Can you describe that rest of that? I don't. I don't really know the the what's what's the story behind that. Like why they were there and not the other ones. I believe it's IOC, the International International Olympic Committee, that actually helps put together what goes on this channel. What is this channel? And I know it is one of those. I'm gonna say I, I can't. I don't know the right words, but recruiting tools, one of those discovery tools, scouting tools that they use to see if it's a viable sport for future Olympics. And speed walking's in the Olympics. So I'm just gonna put that out there. Absolutely. What's speed walking? People I trying to walk really fast. You ever seen Grandma doing laps in the mall? Yeah, yeah. that shit. Oh, like that real, picture yeah. of Malcolm in the middle that's where he's got that Olympics. big ridiculous helmet on and all that shit. You Never seen that heard. episode? Yeah, I remember that. And that the one guy gets called out for cheating because both, both feet, feet are, are off the, the ground, ground at yeah. one point. <laughs> but that's really in the rules. That's really that's the so rules. So ridiculous that you have to. And then you see all these ladies 
Oh my god, I can't believe that 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 goes on for hours is a televised part of the Olympics and skydiving and swooping or not. That <laughs> Wait, is fucking insane. Is that insane. a new thing? No. no. Speedwalking? No. Oh my gosh. No, that's been around <laughs> for a long time. And it's at least the last few Olympics yeah. for sure. I, mean, at least, uh, I think Swoop Freestyle is able to like actually give a show compared to all other uh, skydiving competitions. Tunnel. and Well, tunnel for sure. But even still, you cannot get as big as a crowd as a as a soup freestyle competition. Like Copenhagen was like huge, like over two thousand people watching in place in in situ in, yeah in, in person in person. Race and walking is what it's called apparently. Race walking <laughs> first <laughs> race first walking. held in nineteen sixty one. Oh my gosh, yeah. I'm Holy so shit. out of the loop. <laughs> so that being said. People doesn't have to really actually understand it to like have fun to watching it. Like they see people coming in hard and then trying to land on the raft, and that's all already fun. When you have like a normal soup competition, you know, you if you don't understand, yeah, they all don't understand zone act, they don't understand speed. and all landings are gonna be the same one yeah. after another, after another, yeah. after another. But soup freestyle like makes it fun to watch people who doesn't understand. I think any skydiving that's going to make it's going to be artistic. Uh, I I love watching Arizona Airspeed and SDC Rhythm get at it. I love watching four-way teams just rank points. But I also appreciate the difficulty and understand what they're doing and how hard it really is. But the beauty of three-way artistic, the beauty of of, uh, uh, freestyle, that's the stuff that's going to sell to mainstream. So whether it is swoop freestyle Aerial freestyle, tunnel freestyle, and, and man, at what point do they have a tunnel where they can have a larger audience spectate and watch? I, I'm not really a complete comparison, but didn't they build a tunnel for monks in uh, amphitheater? In like, this is you know what I'm talking isn't about that in China? Yeah, where it's like the top of the tunnel opens up and you can fly up above the tunnel in the mountains. Oh. What about the positive Abu- is China? Double Dabby Tunnel, thirty-two feet. Dude, that's, that's dope. But how many people can get around that thing? Oh my God. But 32 feet, dude. Um, you can track in that thing. When they first opened up, a buddy of mine was doing Trace. VFS in there, four-way VFS, and he posted the video of them doing four-way VFS while somebody else was doing dynamic lines all around. And like basically, they're turning points, and this dude's just like using them as a space ball. So dope. Yeah, I think it, I think it was 16-way uh, vertical sequentials I was watching in there, and it didn't look like they were being squeezed to make that work. I haven't seen that one. I want to. Um, That's a lot of power for that win. I think I feel like I've talked about this on the show before, but uh, Mark Arlett is uh, he was the VP of engineering for iFly when they started uh, doing the designs and and building that tunnel. Uh And he said one of the problems that they had to solve was that the you know most of the iFly tunnels have four fans in in the ceiling, and that tunnel has sixteen fans. So starting the tunnel was moving so much air that they had to figure out how to make it not suck people from the anti-chamber into the wind tunnel. Wow. This was a problem they had to solve. You know how they solve it? I have no idea, but it's amazing that that was a problem. If this thing's going to produce so much power that people <laughs> standing in the anti-chamber are going to get sucked in <laughs> into in the tunnel. Space. It's awesome. When a spaceship broke. But, uh, really sucked man, space. that sounds like a really great trip to make with some, some friends. Abu Dhabi. Yeah. Well, yep. Let's uh, wait for the world world to open up. Did you figure out where this tunnel is in China? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It is um, 
China. What's the name? I told you. I told so I don't think it's a public tunnel. This is it was it's made for some monks. The Shaolin flying monks, what it says. Yeah, the Shaolin flying monks. It is made as part of their meditation, their religious. It is used to help them facilitate meditation. And there's an amphitheater around it, and it's meant for them to do artistic things. And while they're meditating, looking yeah. at it, Erodium. Erodium. Yeah. yeah, that's a company, isn't it? Oh, who made it? I think so. Yeah. Yeah, the world's first tunnel amphitheater, Flying Dream, China. Wow. Yeah. Um, which I think that might be the same company. They built one years, I say years ago, 15, 18 I years think, ago. Yeah, Erodium, I want to say that was like one of the very first wind tunnels. Yeah. Erodium. Man. Erodium, yeah. What's going to happen to the tunnel industry with COVID? I like uh, These tunnels, some of them were struggling before COVID are really taking a hit right now. Utah Tunnel's been open for a while and they're doing real good. Uh, that's just because the Utah boys are super fucking cool, man. Didn't the uh, Houston tunnels just open? I think they were scheduled to open last Wednesday. Yeah. And That's for awesome. a reason that I'd, I'm not aware of, they postponed it. It's supposed to open tomorrow. Chile nice. tunnels is still close. What about yeah. Chile drops on Scott Hernandez? We don't have a tunnel. It's illegal to jump right now in Chile. Like the president put a state of catastrophe uh-huh. kind of like thing up. So then that forbids like meetings of like over 50 people and every sport professional or amateur cannot be performed so it's basically how long has this to jump state of emergency been going on it should have been done by the middle of june it should be gone by the middle of june it's so crazy but they can extended it yeah so we don't know it's so crazy to listen to some of my friends complain about some of the restrictions we've been under and for sure i understand it it can be difficult or challenging for us to adapt but we're human so we really are good at it when i know a lot of my friends who who've not been able to leave their house for so long there's a lot of countries that have way more stringent regulation like chile and and the sport thing i think we as much as we're complaining about freedom here in, in america we're doing pretty decent with it. Um, and with that's freedom. what we're here. Yeah. Doing a podcast. Texas is in phase three now. What's that mean? Uh, Texas allows all businesses to reopen at 50% capacity beginning Wednesday. So that would have been uh, the fifth. Is that right? So it just happened. Yeah. So, but man, I feel like it's the right move. I haven't seen anything yet about, you know, large amounts of people getting sick, even with the states that opened before Texas opened. It just seems like it's the right move. You, has anyone freaked out about it in here? No. Because we're sitting in a pretty little room with uh, a lot of people, and I'm not worried about it. No, <coughs> and especially since the CDC and the world who, they're... Who? Who? <laughs> who let the dogs out? I know, it's like WHO. Who? Should I say that, actually? Thank you. I saw um, that over there. And uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they came out with, like, you know, the that asymptomatic isn't as, you know, contagious and surfaces aren't as contagious and there's a lot of new information. I mean, we're learning about it every day, right? I question all of it. About these new things? Well, yeah, I mean, I question the new things and the old things. Right. Of like, man, why did you spread all of this information? Because surely you would have had to look at some of it before you said, hey, it's all airborne for this crazy amount of time, and hey, it lives on surfaces, and hey, it lives on cardboard, and hey, it lives here, and yeah, yada, yada, yada. Like, did you look before you told everyone that? Right, but people needed answers, right? Everyone was 
running around like with their heads cut off. <laughs> yeah, so is that what it was? Hey, hey, let's just tell them something to shut them up to make them think that, that we know something. Is that what it was? I feel like it. It's a wild you know, card. People just wild needed <laughs> answers. They're playing a wild card. I think it's the news is out for the mighty dollar and they sensationalize everything and anything they can to make me watch their channel mm-hmm. and to beat the next company or the next fucking station to the news. They got to break first no matter what the news is and they're going to make whatever it is sound true. There was whether it's an agenda or not, they're just telling us whatever they can to make the bills paid. Yeah, there's also like kind of a script that um, somebody had compiled all of these different news um segments where they were saying the exact same words yeah. and i you know because they yeah. had to have a con- cohesive message one person couldn't have said this and the other news you know could say that and then everyone's questioning it and we needed to be solid repetition right? those those repetition. sorts of videos come out anytime there's a sweeping story mm-hmm. that you know the we can get more into conspiracy theories, but most of yes, the news media <laughs> is owned by not very many big companies. Are you touching my penis right now? What are you doing? <laughs> I like Did it. you guys see him reaching yeah, for my yeah, crotch? That was very close. That was very close. The pleats. I like his pants. Flattering I was checking the out the crotch material. Crotch. There's, there's slacks, dude. I like them. 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 The material was stretched open right here, so I could actually kind of grab and get a feel here. was too hard. getting real close to my testicle, my friend. That's what's happening over here. Too bad there isn't a better camera angle on <laughs> well, right now it's the Justin cam is usually the couch cam, which wait a tick. We have a couch cam, couch. Cam, wait a minute. Am I about to fucking hashtag me to you right now? <laughs> I'll do it. Pound me too. Pound me too. I'll be happy to. <laughs> but yeah, the media, <laughs> like most media companies are owned by a few big companies, right? right? So they all get the same stuff. Right. And when you see it all that way where it feels like, oh, we're all getting our own local news that Susie went out in the field and reported this story that she found. It's like, no, that's not really how it goes. But uh, yeah, that shit terrifies me. But it's crazy to think about. Like, I I don't know who I would listen to if I was trying to go for non-biased information. I don't know who that is. For what type of information? Non-biased, like uh, information that comes without an agenda attached to it. Like someone's telling you this information for a reason because they want you to believe X, Y, and Z. It doesn't seem like there's a lot of middle ground where someone just says, hey, this side's saying this and that side's saying that. And the scientist said this. It's just like... So I suggest go to Fox and then go to CNN and then right between the two is probably the truth. Like NPR. I'm I'm joking. I don't even know if that's true. I I, I think like 10 years ago, that's probably true. But with with something like this, with, with, I mean, when you're looking at a disease, like they're studying it with science, right? Yeah. So who's just presenting the science? Like who's just sharing the numbers without all these scare tactics attached to it? Right. Well, there, I mean, it had to go through kind of like a, a comb, right? Because the science gets published, but they're not going to tell us that until they, you know, kind of speculate first. But like even NPR, like I usually go to NPR for my news and even they're biased. Hippie. You know, so. Uh, so NPR, BBC, Al Jazeera Network. That is the three that I look to for the least biased news. Um, unless, I think we talked about this, the Al Jazeera Network with Middle East actually has more biases. And BBC uh, has more biases when it comes to UK and particularly Europe and the UK. But news outside of their regions, they typically are less biased, it seems. Um, so you guys have heard about this uh, London Real podcast? London Real? Yeah. What's that all about? You guys hear about it? No. It's like a podcast that it's all about like um, they interview different kinds of people and it's all about the transparency and free speech. 
So with all these like videos being shut down and all that stuff, they're like kind of like bringing all that people who's been shut down to their podcast and they have their own platform platform in order to to not be shut down. I like it. I think Facebook is a great place to get my news. <laughs> repost. <laughs> a repost sort of repost. Yeah. Man, if it's on Facebook, it's true. It, it is. I mean, it is true. But it's so fun. Um, Twitter. Twitter. Uh, man, dude, I actually, I surf Twitter a lot, but Twitter is more for the engaged conversation and that's where I want to see conversations. But I, I do, how, how often do you engage on Twitter? Uh, engage very little. See, and this is my, this is my point: is it's usually people on the far ends in both directions who are crazy enough to think that their opinion matters on Twitter, and they're the ones posting shit. So, and I, reasonable people like yourself are observing and not putting their well thought out middle ground opinion into the mix. I was also going to say I read Twitter though for things like uh, video game MMA. That's I, I use Twitter fully for my hobbies, like oh, I, nerd I, stuff. Absolutely, my my personal Twitter, my personal Instagram. Who do you who do you follow for Star Wars information on Twitter? <sighs> Star does, Wars is Boba Fett. Is he verified? He is. <laughs> he is man. Hashtag verified. Uh, I have no clue, man. I actually don't watch any Star Wars stuff on. I don't have a lot of conversations on there. It really is a lot of gamer and MMA stuff. I think almost everything on Twitter is gaming and MMA for me. Almost everything. So. Um, like Conor McGregor retiring for the fourth time in his career. Oh, is he doing that again? Yeah, he, reti- he retired again. Oh, good, good for him. The more interesting thing is so did Henry Cejudo. Uh, a lot of people retiring because the UFC pays like ass. John Jones is uh, in the middle of the threat of retirement, but John Jones and controversy go hand in hand. Did so. I see him get arrested again recently or did I see an old video? No, you saw him get uh, arrested again in the last probably two months, month and a half maybe. Um, Do you guys all know who these people are? This is where Nick gets bored if it wasn't a conversation yeah, with him th- and I. If this was gaming, I'd be fully lost. Yeah, this like, is fuck stupid. You. Fuck Call of Duty Warzone shit, man. The fighting's pretty MMA cool. guys? Yep. Yeah. Okay, then no. Yeah. <laughs> then no. Go, get fucked. Is there a famous bug, boxing uh, guy who's coming up uh, again? Is Floyd fighting? Mayweather doing another fight? Dude, I don't think I don't think so right now. Who was he who was he talking about doing another one with? Man, I, I ever since COVID started, I completely shut down on combat sports. Like I've actually lost track of I, I just now started watching sports again because I just knew everything was shut down and I took a break from all of it. Our numbers for our show went down. to it, Everything I followed leisurely was while I was traveling to work, while I was at the drop zone, while I was doing this, while I was doing that. And so every podcast, every sports thing, every news thing I listen to and follow, I completely became disconnected. Um, I've seen the same thing with our show. Our numbers are down dramatically through COVID because, and, and a lot of my friends are like, oh, dude, I've been listening to the show lately because uh, I'm just sitting at home and we don't listen to the show at home. Yeah, I, I feel like I did the same thing because I listen to a podcast when I drive, but uh, oh, I, driving. I, I was driving just as much. I don't know. But I, I got way behind on the Rogan podcast, which is the only podcast I really listen to. Yeah. I, Rogan, and then I think you know a couple MMA ones I listen to. What every MMA week. ones do you listen to? Uh, the Co-Main Event Podcast. A couple of journalists who run that one. It's an hour every week. Um, Ariel Hawani. I pick and choose the okay, interviews. He does a lot of really uh, big interviews. He is now with ESPN, which really he's he's finally hit somewhere. Um, and then Luke Thomas does a radio show on Sirius XM, which they also podcast, which is like three hours a day. And I probably listen to that. Jesus. Not all the whole time, but I, I listen to that quite a bit. Um, three hours a day since he does that much. There's a lot of just well. mainstream bullshit. 
but the first 30 minutes to an hour every day is super current, normally MMA stuff. So I usually listen to him about three to four hours a week. Rob, what, what are your interests outside of skydiving? Because surely you've got to have some. I hear to Gravity Lab. They talk a lot of nonsense. Oh, shut up. Yeah. What do you uh, like? But reading books. I've been reading books. Yeah, what, what do you like to read? Man, conspiracy theories. No. Dude, uh, seriously? Alien, let's talk about alien it. stuff. Yes, let's please. They're real. No. <laughs> They're out there. They <laughs> touched like my butt once. A bit of everything, but... I saw one in my room. I saw one She's in your Filipino. room. She's <laughs> Filipino. Saw one in your room. She does look like E.T. A lot of that. And it's a big head. <laughs> <laughs> She's always calling home, too. I don't get it. I took this time off to make gardens. Gardens? Yeah. Grow veggies and stuff. What are you growing? That's awesome. I made two gardens back in Chile. Like one for my mom and another one for my grandma. And what did you plant? What sort of what sort of food? Lettuce, garlic, zanahoria. How do you say zanahoria? Uh, the one that the rabbits eat. Carrots. Carrots. <laughs> Parsley and how cilantro. how hard is this for someone who has done zero gardening like myself, but might have an interest in growing some of my own food? I don't think it's hard; it just takes time. You got to be really patient. It's a little bit more challenging in the Houston in the Houston environment than it is in some others. Whatever, I've seen how grass grows here. It's crazy. Yeah, no, but I think it's patience more uh, than anything. Yeah, I don't have any of that. I need a garden tomorrow. Yep. Nope. No, uh, chia pets. <laughs> they have chia heads. Ch- ch- I mean, you're, ch- you're gonna have the garden. You're just not gonna have the. Veggies. But how how much work does it take for you to maintain the this food that's growing? I think like surely you got to prep the area and plant the seeds. Yeah, and then I what? think it's an everyday thing. Like you have to be there every day. You don't have to be every day from start of the day to the end of the day. But you have to, you have to stop by every day. Ten to twenty minutes doing, every day. Check the plants. See if there's any pests or you know like little. Bugs. See if DJ showed up. Yep. Um, <laughs> and then if they are, you know, they're <laughs> Justin laughed. Fuck you guys. <laughs> The mic's too far away to pick up my my chuckles, sorry. No such thing. So you've eaten food that you've grown? Yes. And how does that feel different than food that you buy at the store? So much more taste. Much more taste. Do you feel like you're enjoying it more because you've put work into it, or do you feel like it actually is a better tasting food? It does have a better taste, that's for sure. And... Yeah, it tastes good because you 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 did it. Like you make it happen. It grow right in there. You know what has on it. it has no pesticides. Uh, it's been growing love. You so think love makes a difference? It does make a difference. I believe that. That's if some hippie shit that I'm super and you into. Touch to them every day. Like I think it makes them grow nicer and stronger. I've even heard that. Where it's like if you talk to your plants or something like that, like then yeah. you're an insane person. Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> well, and then they grow better. So um, you're insane, but also you have better plants. We talk to our parachutes. <laughs> I do. I do talk to that lovely lady. Yeah, we put names into them. Do you have a name for your canopy? Yep. What's the name? Vicky. Vicky. Yep. With a V. With a V. Well, it's you, Victoria. But see, you Latin people, the B and the V are so similar. Yeah, it's hard. We actually have to say we have Victoria. To, we, have, we have to actually ask which B. You have to ask <laughs> each other. When you like say something and you don't know the word, you actually say which B, and then you have to say <laughs> high B or low B. Low B being the U B. V. Yep. And the high B being the other one. Balloon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's over here drawing things with his fingers. It's, it's not. It's not similar. Like in American English, it's they're they're very different sounding letters. But I think it's like it comes to like. In time, Spanish 
has grown in a way that you cannot differentiate them anymore. Okay. I think they do have a very strong difference when you pronounce them, but we are so either lazy the way we talk or it's it's been just evolved so much with different kinds of Spanish that that is not a real a real really a thing anymore. All right. Well, it's Vicky. How did Vicky get her name? Vicky Victoria. I don't know. I you, don't you jump a Valkyrie, maybe? If, yeah, it could be. Sexy name with a V. Uh, I like you it. know Daniel Tancredi. Daniel Tancredi. Yeah, I know. The him. little French guy. His uh, v- uh, VK is named Vicky as well. So that's the only reason that I, w- I would. Yeah, I named question. her Victoria, but it was hard to pronounce here. So Vicky. Victoria. No, it's Victoria. I like it. Yeah. Sounds Victoria. elegant. I've sure. never named a canopy. Ever. It, it's. It's it's a it's a Valkyrie, it's a VK, it's a Spectre, it's a Saber three, it's a whatever. Um, that I've never named. I'm not against it. I name cars, but neither of my my one car is a temporary name, and my daily driver is a car. I don't we, I don't need name those. We have names. We don't call each other human. Hey human, hey human. So I think um, our cars start have to. You say we have names, but if you know me well enough, I don't know any of your names. Nick could attest to that, right? You know the nicknames. Oh, you just knew my name right then, like that. Take that, stupid. I was talking about him. <laughs> I wasn't he, Nick? Exactly right. All right. Faces. Um, We're good with faces, not with names. So how did your life change going from being this traveling organizer going all over the place to being stuck in one place for a lockdown? I actually enjoyed it a lot. Yeah? I didn't see my family so much. So I had a lot of downtown with them, seeing my brother. I haven't spent so much time with him. He's 15. So that was a great time. And just being home and have, like, as I was able to garden in, like, having hands on the ground, on the earth, like, that was a great feeling. Plus, all this happening, you know, this whole, like, virus going on. We should be cleaning and sanitizing everything and being able to actually have, you know, dirt in, in your nails. It was, like, a very good feeling. Change of element from air to earth. So family and gardening, that's been the last couple months for you? Yeah. I, you're, go ahead. You are the, uh, it's interesting because I was talking with Tex, just keeping up through his travels and through what's been going on in COVID. And him and I had a very similar experience as far as you chase the endless summer. You're in south, the southern hemisphere, the northern hemisphere, depending on where you can be skydiving. And we don't get a break from skydiving. It's tremendous. It's glorious. We're very, very blessed. It's what we choose to chase. But to have weekends, I'm 46 and I've worked weekends my entire life. I've always worked weekends. It's always been in my schedule. And to have weekends to connect to hobbies I wanted to connect to, whether it's gardening or building a Lego Mustang, um, to connect with family, to hang out with with loved ones, to do things together was definitely, I cherished. I, I really enjoyed the shutdown. I really enjoyed some time to reflect and grow and, and just, even disconnect from the sport to maybe you don't know what you got till it's gone. Appreciate what I was missing. So, yeah, I think we're very lucky to actually talk like that. It's yeah. a lot of people who didn't get it as good or easy. Yeah, no, a, a lot of our friends suffered a lot and struggled a lot. But even though, like us, that we enjoyed what we do and we skydive and we chase the endless summers, or even if it's not the endless summers, but we're skydiving constantly, we're all all the time immersed on the skydiving world. That's what people do with their jobs too, for different reasons. They have to be there because they have to maintain a family or whatever. So like having that actually downtime to like enjoy things and do things that you're not used to, it's like very priceless today. It's like 
It is. It, it, it's, it's, and I, we see so much of it right now, COVID. It seems like people are appreciating that again. I've seen more families walk in my neighborhood than I've seen in forever. I've seen more families riding their bikes in their neighborhood. That priceless moments that they don't get, they're suddenly appreciating and seeing. Um, Being comfortable with doing actually nothing. I think that's something that we are not really used to. Like yeah. sitting down, having nothing to do, and without having that feeling of like, shit, I'm, I'm not being productive. Did you enjoy that something. nothingness of it? Yes. Nick? I've been chasing it for a while. You you didn't do nothing during. COVID. I didn't really do that. No, I didn't get to that point. No, he he did it. Now I did for like a day, yeah. <laughs> and I realized that, that was not going to work for me. I, I I laugh and I giggle, um, be, but I can't say much. I think I worked almost every day during COVID, but some days were only an hour. Some days were eight hours, just side business side things I was going on. Also, that Brian guy she talked about earlier, him and I did a ten hour Call of Duty session one day, so I can't say I just worked the whole time. So. It's way too much video gaming for one human being to do. Um, I cherish it. I enjoyed it. But I kind of want to, because we're going to run out of time here. I just want to look forward to, to skydiving and what we're doing and what's going on. You are just at the beginning uh, of a journey, I guess. You have a lot of things coming up. What's coming up for you for the rest of this year in the skydiving scene? I mean, it's still very unpredictable, I'll say. It is. There's a lot of, uh, we don't really know what's happening either in Europe, well, Northern Hemisphere is going into summer, so that's where yeah where most of it is. But what are you expecting to do? What are what are the events that you know are going on, and also what events have been canceled and you're uncertain of? Well, the whole the whole summer was going to be Europe, like a lot of a lot of Italy and Spain, and that's all canceled. So what events there were you going to uh, be at? In Italy, Natural Fly in in Luca, and then some stuff in Portugal with Fly for Life, and that's already canceled. And then in Puria Brava with some people there, and just like once and one on ones and stuff. And now, now that we're here, we we're gonna have three months. I'm able to be three months here, uh, and then I'm gonna take try to take the most out of it. I'm gonna go to Florida next week to see Fly for Life, spend some seven days with them, jumping. And then we want to go to, we're going to go to Detroit to see Lindsay's family, to stay with them and, and hang out with, with her family. And from there, I guess I'm just going to try to do whatever I can on the skydiving. Grab what, grab what organizing gigs that you can grab here I and guess, there. Yeah. Uh, Fly for Life, are you going there? You've worked with them on, on camps, right? You've actually been a coach for Fly for Life at some point? Yeah, I've, I've done jumps with, uh, with them, yeah. Like but you organizing. also you also go as a participant, don't you? I started it as a participant. I try to participate on on as many events as I can with high skill quality, so I can like always train myself. I think it's very hypocritical to just coach and and you know give tips without receiving any. I that's exactly. I wanted to kind of get to that question: Why are you going and doing these things? You know, for that personal edification and growth, like. The best skydivers I know are still learning, are still students, are still still seeking seeking help. One of the reasons I go to the things like PIA and all the seminars, symposiums, and anything I can go to is because I do have. Since I'm, st- I say stuck at Spaceland, I choose to stay here a lot. Um, I have a lot of business at Spaceland. I don't get out, and I, I love those opportunities to go and to be the student and listen and watch and learn. And you're commonly at these camps now as an organizer. If you could. If you could choose to, how often would you mix it up between organizing and participating? I would say every, like, one and another. For me, it would be great, like, organize, participate, organize, participate. But 
it's not very realistic for me, so I cannot do that. So I'll try to participate on two two a year. Yeah, and it really is cool that it's not a thing for you to do because you really you bring a lot of value to the table. Of all the events that you wanted to do this year that you had scheduled for this year, I, this is such an unfair question. I'm asking you to pick your favorite kid. Which is the event that you were most disappointed that, that didn't happen for whatever reason? I guess Portugal with Fly for Life. That's, uh, that's a very good high, high quality skill level of people. And the place is amazing, very beautiful. Like, uh, what's the name? Portugal South Al Algarve, yeah, Algarve. Some very beautiful drops on beaches right there. Food is amazing. Uh, so yeah, that will be it. Two it was two weeks of jumping, so that's very great. When Sky was that supposed time. to be? May. In May. So that already happened. All gone. Yep, Algarve. Yeah, uh, Europe has been so shut down. We do a lot of business with Europe just for some of the side things I do, and I deal with a lot of European athletes, and, and they're they are so patient and so loving and so kind in their conversations. But Vector Camp is huge in Europe, and it's canceled. It's not happening. Uh, Vector Fest. Um, Vector Fest, yeah, yeah August. Yeah. Pink, pink Latovi. Yeah, it's, uh, everything there is just shutting down. They are starting to see some things open back up. They are starting to do some things. But it's, it's really hard to organize because you have a lot of uh, overseas people Who traveling can? and nobody can really put tickets on the table or, you know, yeah. or like registration fees because nobody really knows how, how traveling is yet and if it's going to be possible. Maybe you have to quarantine somewhere. You're going to go to a place where you have to quarantine yeah. for 14 days, you know. There are some athletes who are even stuck out of their own country. We, we, uh, we've had a tunnel flyer here named Olga who couldn't go back, to, couldn't go back home. Uh, she's been stuck in Houston for a while just staying with some friends because this is where I'm stuck at. Uh, Nick and I have been dealing with some athletes that are stuck in, well, one in particular, a guy named Louise stuck in, I say stuck in, she looks really disappointed in Australia, doesn't she? She looks like she's having a blast. She's having a good time. But yeah, yeah I think everybody's going to have to kind of like stick to, to its own country on a way. Yeah. At, at least this summer, I guess. Maybe it's going to be very hard, like very different. Some some countries are going to be able to go to certain countries and all the way around, but yeah. I don't think it's going to be completely I was going to ask if you had to jump through any hoops to get here from... Chile. No, no, straight from here. No, no problem. The only, the only country that is close to the United States is Brazil, because it has a, a big amount of cases. So and if you're coming from Brazil for within the last fourteen days, you you can't. And also, I think travel between European countries and some of, the, like, like I know we there's a guy. Uh, do you know? Uh, EP is his name, Rogério Fleury uh, Iparanga. He's a Brazilian Yeah, Brazilian. Yeah, yep. yeah. Uh, he's been stuck in Spain, and he is just now getting to the point, I think it's Spain, that he's going to be able to go back to uh, uh, Brazil. Brazil. And he's, I know he's super excited, man. Super nice guy. I've had to deal with him for some stuff, and it, it's crazy that you either can't leave your country or you can't get back to your country, and people just can't do what they want to do. Yeah, I'm, I feel very grateful that I'm actually able to be here with you guys and it not stuck in Chile. That that's what I thought it was gonna be the whole the whole rest of the winter for me. Ah, uh, dude, it's and it would be hard, especially because you're used to chasing that endless summer. And it seems like you had something to America to come and see us, right? The Gravity Lab guys, not some pretty girl. 
Yep. <laughs> Houston, that's why we're here, skydiving. Yeah, as he looks over and gives a nice little wink, smart man. Uh, man, I, I want to go back, and the thing I really wanted to hear the most about is the swoop event that was in in Saudi Arabia. That was kind of cool, but Copenhagen, that was the, the, the badass one, right? Yeah, Copenhagen, it's, it was their, their home base, too, for them, so it was easier to organize everything okay. uh, because they are from there. Like the company who who runs the event, it's, it's from there. So they have all the, I think either government help and you know all different sorts of uh, companies that were supporting the the event and the marina and and all sorts of things. So so it's really the biggest event in a way that they could put like the most cameras and they they choose uh, the place they choose to do the the run the course is like one of the biggest bicycle lanes. So in Copenhagen, the bicycle lanes are actually bigger than the car lane in, in that part, right in that section. So that's where they have the most uh, transit of, of bicycles. So everybody's just like bicycle and then you see like people landing and they're going to stop and then they're going to see their drinks and people, you know, having a good time. And Europe is very well known for like just sitting in a park and enjoying your, your time, you know, yourself. And having that with, with people landing parachutes is very cool D- does it feel like a, a real competition while you're there or does it just feel like buddies having fun it feels like an event like i mean you are well, on the, an you're event on or the, like a competition no you're under the competition mm-hmm. uh pressure that's for sure because we have prices and stuff uh-huh. but i think the schedule and everything is actually more like an event you're there for an event so you're having your time for for an event so you have the pressure of it being an event and competition is any of that uh, made more intense by the fact that there's a crowd? No, for me, the hardest part was like you have to get into a microphone and tag, you know, right after your landing. Okay. And then you have to talk and everybody's listening and then you're like being live broadcast through the world. And I'm like, so are you that, thinking that, about that, what you're going to say? That, like that through your turn, <laughs> you're still thinking exactly. about that shit? Exactly. I'm like, that, that, that good landing. Yeah. <laughs> I fucked good. my turn up, bro. <laughs> Wait, what do you and mean? And that's good? the other thing. You cannot swear. You know, you gotta be smiling and all these other things. And yeah, it's really hard for me to put that part together. You know, like the landing part is easy. Yeah. Trying to get on a raft, maybe not that easy, but still. But there's a picture but of you on a raft. And then <laughs> talking to the microphone while two thousand people is looking. It's like, yeah, <laughs> Chile. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think a lot of our listeners necessarily know what we're talking about. So let's break down what this event is real quick. So Soup Freestyle is an event started about six years ago. It's a Soup Freestyle competition. It's a a circuit with sixteen skydivers that they choose. the The company choose so they can compete within themselves and and and. Yeah, compete for a podium place, and you have to do two jumps. Well, you, we do six jumps, two training jumps, two qualifying jumps, and two final jumps. Training, it's just training. Qualifying is to see who's gonna go first and second. It's kind of like Formula One, and then finals is actual uh, scoring and see who's first and and last. It's a competition. And that's a competition. And that, it's in Copenhagen. So it's soup, and then you have to freestyle, you have to do tricks, you have to do two tricks within the water course, and then try to land on a raft. But the raft is like 20 meters, that would be like 40 feet times, I don't know, 15 feet. Yeah, so like it was super rectangular. It's like a little runway, a really little runway. Yeah, it's very small. And then, yeah, you have to just like make your landing there and tricks and... And that's going to be there's broadcast. No rule, 
there's no rule about direction that you come in. You can come in from no, any. No, you can have to come in through one direction. You can carve into it. Okay. And then you have to do two tricks. So first half of the of the course, you have to perform your first trick, and then the second half, you have to perform your second trick. And you have to, in order for the the guys who are like talking about, I don't know how you call them, the commentators, commentators, Regan. exactly, the commentators. <laughs> In order for them to know where you're going to be performing, you have to tell them your uh, trick in advance and way in advance. So then sometimes you cannot pick your trick according to the conditions because you have to tell them in the morning. Did anybody bell on the trick they announced and just said, fuck it, I'm throwing this trick down? Yeah, Good. We, they did. Like Curtin one time when he would choose a, a wingman, a wingover, and it was in San Diego and it was like super choppy. So as he's going for the wingover, he's like, you know, it's like waves after waves. And then as he's doing it, he just like goes down on one wave and then pwah, crashes, crashes straight into like the wave of like... <sighs> so it's like really hard sometimes. If it's not like glassy uh, water, it's really hard to actually throw the tricks. One thing I didn't realize is I knew they were all combos. Like you have to do two moves. But like if I went and just straight up did a switchblade ghost or a blind man, it's not two moves. It has to be... A move in each zone. Yeah, it has to be like half and half. That's way like, more complex. Yes, and it has to. You have to show that that they're different moves. For example, if you throw a method, like when you like lean your body mm-hmm. 40, uh, 90 degrees, and then you go for a blind man, you're already halfway there. So it's harder. I don't know if it's harder to judge, but you're not gonna get as much point as like it's not maybe as doing a method to one side and then doing the blind man to the other side, for example. Yeah. So it has to be really like marked the difference in between one another. You cannot go for a wing over and then uh, carving. I don't know the carving. What's the carving name? Boomerang. Yeah, boomerang. So it's, you know it's kind of like the same trick. Yeah, boomerang. A, a boomerang is a shallow wing over. Yeah, it's like a forty-five degree yeah. turn. So yeah, that's w- that's when it gets tricky because you have to be half and half. What's your favorite combo? What's your favorite trick? What's your favorite move? I'll say that one method blindman. Throw a method to one side and then the blind man to the other side. Okay. So do you have a strong way for your blind man? Do you always turn the same way? Left side. Left side, you turn to the left? Yep. Okay. And that's where we're that's when we talk like after the competitions with the with the judges and stuff that mm-hmm. we normally have a strong side. So we're trying to encourage as a competitors to like you know how like skaters have like strong like both sides. Yeah, like a switch, switch dance. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So we're trying to encourage the same as a super freestyle competitors that everybody's going to have their strong side and then their weak side. So in the future, if you go for the strong side, it should be pointed different that if you're going for your weak side. Because your weak side has a lot of more, uh, you know, you're trying harder kind of mm-hmm. thing mm-hmm. for the same trick. It's the same trick, but it's a way harder move for you. Or like if you do a cowboy, if you're used to do it the right hand, and then you go for the left hand, that should be something there that... Yeah, it's a higher degree of difficulty, exactly. right? Yeah. Yeah. Do you have a preference, left or right, for your blind man? I turn right. I, uh, I, I, I've i been a long time since I regulated blind man. You've seen me try cracking a couple on the Spectre. But we used to swoop the beer line big turns in Spaceland in the front, and I got good at doing blind man both ways because if we were swooping to the west, I would spin my blind man to face Watching. the crowd. <laughs> and if I was going, I was always would turn to the crowd and it actually taught me to, to be able to go both ways super easily on a blind man. Today it's left because I hurt my right knee on a blind man, which is the knee that you see me play with every now and then lately. Um, it's I have seen you playing with it and I did know that you go both ways. So yeah, so like, it's perfect. That's like 
turn into <laughs> turn into both sides. <laughs> like everybody does turn to one side, either right or yeah. left. But then it's not common that people do turns both sides equally as good. Yeah, I for the longest time was a left-handed turner for the longest time, and I forget what it was that made me an a, a uh, omni turner. I can turn both ways back to I can't I turn both directions. I can't either. Ambi turner. Yep, ambi turner, omni turner. I can turn always. Um, is that series done? Is it happening still? What's going on with it? The last word I have from them, they're carrying a great momentum. I think they moved into London, so. I yeah. think it's going to keep happening. It's going to be by that Ferris wheel in London because that would be dope. You know Maybe. what I'm talking about, right? There's dope. a Ferris wheel on the water Isn't in London. Is that the London Eye? Isn't that what it is? That's it. That is what it's called. Yeah, but they're aiming for like big cities and lots of crowds. And Who's putting on this event, the series? These uh, The creators are, are two guys, George and Michael. They put it together. They are both skydivers and they work in the military as well. And one is from Denmark and the other one is uh, from England. George Michaels. And That's then George and Michael. And they put it together. They wanted to make it the next kind of like Formula One of the skydiving. And they come a long way. Have you guys seen the the last live feed in, in Jeddah? Yes. Like the scoring system, the way they show the tricks, the slow-mo cameras. It's like very, very, very insane. I, I've actually watched it pretty closely. I've watched all three events. Uh, I've, wa- I've kept track of much of it as I can. And I mean, part of it is is that we have a, I have a few friends who've competed in it. You, I know Junior uh, David Lovick. Uh, what's that guy's name who doesn't show up to the show? We won't say the Venezuelan guy's name. Claudio. So thank Claudio. you. Claudio. No, we're not going <laughs> to say his name. He had, he didn't say his name. You mean uh, Claudio? Uh, but so it's cool to cheer friends on. Um, I th- I think it's super dope, and I'm super happy they do it because, to me, freestyle swooping is the coolest thing that we do. I love watching freestyle. Um, I love watching anybody lay something over. Wingovers are by far my my favorite thing in the world. Um, we can't we can't we don't carve in our landing area. And if you're at a drop zone, I highly recommend limiting the carving in a main landing area because people might be coming landing behind you, and you're legitimately cutting somebody off. Canopy collisions happen, but if you're in the right area, dude, laying a wing on the ground is just the stupidest thing in the world. It's so much fun. Nobody Freestyle. can do it like Kurt, though. Freestyle's the thing. Yeah, he's the man for the wingovers. Dude, he drags, he scoops water up for days. That's all he does. His parachute is a water scooper when yep. he does wing, wing overs. Well, Paul Hernandez has been the winner the last two two years. Yeah. He's he, a sick freestyle competitor. Yeah. He has it straight. He knows what he's doing. He knows which wings wing to pick, and he has it, yeah. He has yeah. a lot of experience. There was a long time freestyle was dead, and it's really coming back. Who knows? Maybe more will come back. I know a couple freestyle guys. Jeffro, uh, every I think a lot of us know him. He's really big into freestyle, particularly Blind Man is his signature move, Miracle Man's. Um, I know there's a couple people like him who are pushing to bring the freestyle scene back even bigger. So who knows? Maybe in America we'll see it come back more. Maybe we'll see some more freestyle events. I would love yep. it. It would be super cool. Uh, man, anything else you want to bring up? We are going to turn to a pumpkin. We got to kick Mr. P out. He's old. He's got to go to sleep. This is good. We mm-hmm. went through everything. Black holes. I d- we didn't talk about black holes. Black holes. Dude, black do they, holes. what do you think's on the other side of the black hole? Is it another universe? Your butt. <laughs> no, that's the <laughs> brown that's hole. That's the out. We're, brown we're on the hole. outside. I want That's the outside of the black hole. I want to know what's on the inside. Oof. Hamster. Oof. How'd it get in there? A hamster. Did it become spaghettified? You know they use string. that word. That's a real we're word. still talking about your butt. No, we're, we're talking about the black <laughs> hole that is not my butt. The string theories. Just a whole bunch of strings. 
It's I mean I've always wondered because black holes just eat matter they eat energy that everything collapses into it. I do love hearing Neil deGrasse Tyson talk about black holes. Is it a gateway just to an alternate universe? Could be. You fall through it and now you're part of Morty and Rick. What's the name of that show? Is that the name of it? <laughs> Rick. Yeah. I have never seen that show. Yeah, not I've a single episode. Seen two episodes now. But uh, on U- YouTube knows me real well, and there's a trap remix of the Pickle Rick. Is there a Pickle Rick song? Yes. Okay. No. Well, someone's taking Not clips. Not in the actual episode. Okay, no. well, there's a Pickle Rick song that comes up on my YouTube rotation of music, and it is fucking great. <laughs> Pickle Rick is one of the only episodes I've seen. Everybody I know who knows me is like, you see it, you gotta... And I was staying with Ben Nelson one day, and he just started putting on, like, you've got to see this. And is that what it's called, Rick and Morty? Yes. Okay. Um, and he, he just puts it on. After the first episode, he goes, no, 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 no. Nope. You have to start at Pickle Rick. I and just I just one. opened up my YouTube app and it's the fourth thing that comes up as a thing that I knows I would like. Pickle Rick Trap me a Trap Remix. Listen to that shit. It's real <laughs> I'll good. I will do. I I'm sure that it's not a copyrighted song, but I know if I play it in this microphone, Dad's gonna lose his mind over here. The fourth thing that comes <laughs> up on my YouTube feed is a do-it-yourself outdoor kids playground. Well, we all know. Oh man, I'm not gonna. Never mind. All right. <laughs> Is the show over? <laughs> I've been doing a lot of do uh, research on do-it-yourself, building decks and building things around the house. So And how to kidnap children and get away with it. So organically, yeah, the next thing is children's playhouse. Also, <laughs> a list of uh, elementary schools nearby was also suggested. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard you're not allowed within Ladies 200 yards of the months. Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> <laughs> so I drive by an elementary school every day on my way to and from work. Uh, you are really and you're weird breaking the law both times. If that we was know true, about the restraining order, I would be in trouble for standing near you because you're the size of a five year old. Well, Mumphy, do you have anything <laughs> else to share before this pedophile gets us in trouble over here? No, nope. you're the pedophile. I'm the innocent child. What you're called, what you're doing is called deflecting. I mean, I would have <laughs> said it was accepting, but it's fine. <laughs> Mumpy. Well, nope, not much more to say. Thanks what if so I want swim coaching from one Robert Der- Roberto Hernandez? What do I do? <sighs> Go to Zoom. Kiss what, me. what if I need someone to teach me how to fly angles real well? Because I know you do that hit too. Hit me up. I'll be here soon. Shortly. How do they hit you up, man? They're going to just call they you can, on the... They can just follow Pick me up the telephone Instagram. and dial seven digits. Roberto Bolatore. So, but you guys have an event coming up at Spaceland uh, in August, August. right? August. Space And camp I, I believe registration Tropical. for that opens... Just now? I think... I know Tex announced the the Monday. event, but I think the registration the opens 15th. on Monday. Monday, yep. yeah. So yeah. that's that's how they're... Who made the uh, ad for that? Oh, me. You? Did you notice that the font you use looks a lot like the poster over your shoulder? The film festival font. Kind of. You option studios, kids. You guys just have it going well, on. It's, it's the vibe, you know? I was yeah. like space camp. You want to back on the mind. Space camp vibe and then yeah. the tropical, you know? It like took me forever. I sat there and I saw it. I'm like, I totally dig the font and the color to this font. Blah, why. blah, blah. And I could not figure out what I've seen it in recently. I couldn't. That's funny. I had the, I had the same moment when I saw it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then I stood up and grabbed something on that rack behind me. Like, oh, oh. And I had to go back and find it. So, so really nice job. I like Thanks. it. Who yeah. is this camp for, Monfi? For yeah, like who? Space who should be attending space the tropical space camp? Whoever wants to learn to fly angles from, I would say, medium 
skill level to to like a more advanced skill level. So what I is a medium skill? What should my skydives look like if I'm a good candidate to come to the camp? I think you should be able to fly on your belly or back, at least on your quadrant strongly. So, so ba- back one. or belly stay in my quadrant. Yeah. Okay. What and stay in your quadrant mean? So for me. On your belly you have from the leader two quadrants, right side quadrant and left side quadrant. So right if we have Picture a diamond then. If, yeah, kind of like we have four quadrants, two belly and two back. And I think just being able to stay on one side, it's it's one quadrant. Okay. And I think at least at least that is kind of like medium in one of those slots. And then from there up, I'll say, yeah. Because lower than that, it would be actually very low to like have a group, six people skydiving. And so what time. am I going to learn? How to get together in a group, how to stay in my slot, better body position, proper break-offs? Proper backgrounds, yeah, and yeah, more fun type of angles, changing direction if we get to have uh, higher skill levels, but yeah, safety first, of course. Who else is coaching this? I'm not sure, Kai Kai. You text Kai Kai. Are we, are we giving away the, the coaches by doing yeah, this? Maybe. We'll Sorry, just, text. We'll, we we'll love you. Three names. Love yeah, we're going to leave it there. Um, we'll turn the mics off later on. <laughs> Dude, it's super cool. I love seeing Space Camp come in. Uh, but it's an event that someone who's interested in angles should uh, be in a rush to sign up for, right? Yes. Probably going to sell out pretty yes. pretty quick. Pretty quick. Mostly with how things are going on. I don't think there are many events out there either. Yeah, a lot of events are, are either canceled and or rescheduled, and the rescheduled versions are much, much smaller. Um, this camp has always been super successful. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, we talked on the show about how things are going less from boogies and more to skill camps. And the trick to it is, is at skill camps, you have more serious skydivers showing up to fly more seriously and put more energy into it. So they're not partying and wasting their time. The thing I've liked about space camp so far is it's still that serious skill camp with a balance of a lot of fun and a lot of cool vibe and atmosphere. And, and the safety on Sky to Space Line. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's a hard balance to bring. And you guys bring it really well, man. So uh, as we wrap it up, Elsa, LP is what we've been suggested to call because we have Mr. G, Mr. P, and L, L, LP. LJ. LJ, that was it. Thank you. LJ, because like you know that. who suggested that probably. It sounds oh, like a. I saw that, yeah. Yeah, the. Uh, uh, what what does somebody say he looks like? The guy from Roseanne, the guy from King Ralph, John Goodman. <laughs> yeah, he's kind of like a John Goodman look like. Yeah. Uh, LJ, what else you got? What you got to say? Anything? Um. Now I press the outro button, right? Yeah, you know, you can press it anytime <laughs> I say something like, play that funky music, white girl. Go ahead and hit that button. Mr. G, Mr. P, anything you guys got? Man, it's so good to see you, Rob. So good to see you guys. Uh, you got to turn the... Guys. We are uh, able to touch. I've, I've tried to lead the way in the uh, social distancing movement on the drop zone. Oh, yeah, I haven't touched So I did not hug this man. And that's been uh, very difficult because he's very handsome. They're struggling with the music, so I'm just going to keep talking tasty, about how much I love Monty. How much we love each what's other. Your, what's your favorite skydive to go on right now? If you're just going to do a skydive to for away, fun. no plan. <laughs> how what? come that is the answer for all of your friends? Because it's so that great when best. you're flying it's with someone else. One who sure. I actually, we, now you guys stopped it. What are you guys doing? We're actually going over. somewhere. You started over. Okay, perfect. Now, now we got more time. Now we got more time. I feel better. Two ways, no plan. Two ways for days? Two ways for days. Okay, well, you owe me one then. All right. When when you come back in town it's for that event, I expect at least one no plan two way. It's a plan, and 
No. What? No, it's no plan. Wait. Oh, man. Guys and gals, Greg Lab Radio. This week, we will be dropping one more from the DeLand Air Show. We will be bringing Miss uh, Kristen Johnson. She is the operations manager at Skydive DeLand. So uh, Thursday, you will hear that coming out. Next week, I have no fucking clue what we're doing. Until then, Blue Skies, peace. We're the fuck out of here. Bye-bye. Chee-chee-chee. I'm not done talking. Le-le-le. Viva Chile. Yeah. Yeah.